It's probably that same lady that was on that, uh, I have an addiction eating disorder or whatever, whatever that show's called, weird eating disorders or something. My weird eating habit or something. My secret eating addiction. My weird secret eating habit that's also an addiction. I'm just saying different things now, but it's something like that. on the podcast you know what my safe space is what's your safe space it's talking it's it's talking about old square rpgs <laughs> hey well we just might i might have the podcast for you john thyer it's called the socks cast mm-hmm. episode 133 i hear that they're probably going to be having a conversation very similar to that on that episode of that particular podcast can you believe that what a coincidence Ooh, i should listen you should you should there's this there's this guy on there his name's john you will fucking love him he's so full of his own farts at all times <laughs> just like jesus this guy is but coasting he, but he's coasting on his own ass fumes to the most ridiculous degree he sounds handsome and like he basically knows exactly what he's talking about so it's okay that he's pretty smug, smug and confident about oh it. yeah absolutely he's just so he's just so right and so right, like nothing ever goes wrong. Deserves it. He's never wrong, you know. So yeah, it, it'll be perfect. You will, mm-hmm. you will find what you want uh, in that podcast. I think, John, it'll be it'll be fantastic. Okay, cool. How's everybody doing out there in podcast land? Welcome, another fine episode. Oh shoot, yeah. Let me look at the. Let me open up the chat. Open up the chat. Oh, these viewers. We got so many viewers, we got so many listeners, we have you that downloaded this episode, the one person that does every week. You, We're Aww. here for you. What up, Don? How's it going? <laughs> it's just Don. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, we're going to get into some shenanigans today. I heard there's going to be some capers. Excellent. There's probably not going to be any shenanigans no, capers. Or, or capers. There's... None of that. Is caper kind of food also? Yes, like capers food. are kind of food. I don't believe that I have ever had capers, however. I, not to my knowledge, anyway, unless that they, they were covertly snuck into a dish that I was eating. Poncho Smith might have the better uh, perspective on capers and if we may have accidentally eaten them. I do not think I've ever eaten one of these. Feel, I'm looking it up. I feel like I've had capers in something. I'm pretty sure I've had capers. That's my that's my that's my contribution to the caper discourse. Uh okay. Okay. He thinks they put it in tartar sauce and I don't eat tartar sauce, so I'm probably still caper free all these years later. They're little flower buds. They're sold in brine and pickles and olives. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if those are in tartar like, sauce, I'm safe cuz like I, pickled things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not big on pickled I things. I got pickled beets in the fridge. Oh the god, that's disgusting. That's terrible. <laughs> They're so good. You just always find a way to ruin this podcast, and you just did it. Amazing. John, Amazing. Record time. Like life. 
Uh, to my immediate virtual right, he's a freak of nature, but we love him so. It's Rhett. Hello. Hey. <clears throat> Can't do those Knives Out lyrics anymore, sorry. No, I kind of outed myself there. I yeah, have, that I was, said something. <laughs> yeah, like that was... And just like blew it up. Yeah, that was the thing that I was going to do is when I, I... Starting with Game of the Year last year, I was like, I was just going to introduce Rhett for like over the course of a year just kind of sprinkling them in as just all Jeez. using lyrics from uh, Radiohead's song Knives Out and I'd already gotten away with two of them um, I didn't even, I mean maybe I noticed maybe if you kept on it longer I would have been like eventually like she keeps using Knives Out <laughs> but she definitely got the first two past me without me really thinking about it yeah yeah because they're well because you know like put your head down like and shove it in your mouth like that's I mean, just something I would say about you anyway I mean, the lyrics to that song are pretty amazing. They're fantastic. It's fucking modern poetry. Tom York's a goddamn genius. Up until actually retro po poetry now. Yeah. Oh no! Amnesiac was two thousand. Oh no. Two. Oh god. Oh god. Yeah. Oh god. Oh, god. Twenty. Why am I thinking about this? That's not helping. Sorry. Oh no. My bad. God. That's just been me for the last year I... of like. Wow, thing I really like is turning 15 years old or 20 years old. Like, Monica's a decade old. Oh, man. Man. Man! Yep. Why does every fucking I'm touch stuff? The... Yeah? I'm always here for the Polly and Rhett think about how old they are. <laughs> you know this is like it. a... It's like every other app. The most unintended uh, segment that we have, because everything is a touchstone for something we remember, yeah. and we're like, yeah, man, that was so cool. Fantasy Star Online was 2001. Xenosaga turns 19 today. <laughs> oh, God! It, like, I remember the morning of going to pick that game up still vividly, so I guess my, my memory is still good, because I remember being, like, I, I was the most stoked ever going that morning to pick that, like, stay, like, the night before I stayed at my friend Roger's house, and I went over the next nice. morning to pick that game up, and then I came home, it was just, like, 12 hours straight of Xenosaga, which, <laughs> like, nine of that was cutscenes. <laughs> I'm here for it, goddammit! I love Xenosaga! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can tell you this. A friend told me, John, I bet you $25 you will hate Xenosaga. What? And I said, I'll fucking take you up on that bet. <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, no. I don't know what wrong, triangle. actually. You like Xenogears too much. I don't. Like, I've. <laughs> like, I think that, like, I, I don't. We'll talk about it later. But, and, to my immediate. But I absolutely. Yeah, absolutely took up the bet. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. To my immediate virtual left, he is currently on the run and in hiding from the devs of Blossom Tales. <laughs> it's John Thire. Uh-oh, should I not have said that? Hi. Hey, John. I don't think they can text search the podcast. You... Not yet. I was, I was trying to will you... I was trying to will you into just, like, the secret you into using um, Xenogears lyrics. Oh, no. <laughs> Is that why you were posting? Is that why? That was part of that. Was, it was some. It was that was part of the, the secreting. But mostly, I just earnestly wanted to earnestly wanted to post them. But you were like trying to fish for an intro. <laughs> nah, like you get you you getting mass followed by all of the the complete dev team of Blossom Tales because you dared to mention their <laughs> video game once in a tweet. 
Oh boy! Like I'm Com- waiting. Awesome tale, comparable to Minute, Super Mario Odyssey, and the Breath of the Wild. That sounds like good company to be in. Yeah, I don't have to click through this tweet to see what it's referencing. Some someone else else in the thread definitely said this is uh, definitely said something overtly nasty about it while also saying the name in full. So I don't, I don't think I think the jig's up. Oh no! Even if they didn't expand it. <laughs> Oh, like those people that like name search themselves or their game and then just automatically follow or try to follow and oh. yeah, it's real. No, weird. I just got liked. I didn't get followed. Oh, you didn't get followed. It is a weird vibe. Okay, that would have been that would have been the weird one. Like I thought that they were following oh, you. I thought that they were following you. That would have been like okay. No, just, liking, just hey, I see, I see this tweet. Thank you. I see it. Thank you for this. Said the, I'm you, sorry. You put you put letters in a configuration that managed to spell out the <laughs> name of the video game that I worked ten whole years on. Hey, Polly, so speaking of ever gonna use, I'm only ever gonna name things like nondescript one word titles. So I can <laughs> never become this person. <laughs> yeah, right. Speaking of ten years and game, uh, Hunters also turns ten this year. That, that uh, yeah, I guess technically it's end of next it's month. It's already, end of March. yeah, like that will all have already happened. Oh man, got two of them this episode. Mm. Two, me and Rhett are two fucking old <laughs> segments. Fantastic. Yep. And I'm as sprightly and true big as ever. Yep. <laughs> all right, so we have a podcast where we we talk about video games and such, right? That what we do on mm-hmm. here. Sometimes we do that. I'll get us started. Yes. Let's do it. All right, we're gonna have the, the rare poly intro. the rare poly start. This never happens. All right, so I played a little game that I think that we've all kind of been excited to play for probably the last couple of years now. Ever since we played the previous game, and we all mm-hmm. thought, "Boy, that was pretty incredible." And it, you know, it ended the up game a, of the decade. Yeah, it ended up pretty in a pretty respectable position on the game of the decade list, I believe. So. Yeah, I played East Nine Monstrum Nox. Hmm, great game. Ooh. This is a, a it's a video game in the East series. It's the ninth one. It's the ninth one. Te- no, so it's, both the, you? it's the tenth one technically. Oh right, right, right. Because Origin. East Origin exists, and yeah, I mean, if you count the remakes, it's probably like fifteen or something. Yeah, you got there's yeah. and there's three there's, there's like three East Fours. There's, there's three, three East Fours. Um, yeah, so two threes. Uh, so so three I'm, threes, three I'm just kind of leapfrogging off of where Rhett started this conversation a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, about, about where were you okay. when we were, um, what, like about how far I in was, were you when honestly, we Honestly, I was probably on like chapter four or something. Okay. I wasn't that in depth yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, like, it, I think I started this probably like a day or so after we, um, what was it? Like, I think it was. I think it was like a, a couple, week a, day. a week and a day or so, because like if he kind of gave up on Nisa yeah. because they fucked her over entirely and never got her, <sighs> never got her her replacement. So uh, I'm going to make this a non-endorsement of dealing with Nisa directly since they fucked my best friend out of her game. Aww. And, yeah, yeah. So fuck them. Bought the she bought the like super the deluxe super edition deluxe too. edition. So and then the disc didn't work. Yeah. So she had to end up buying it digitally, but I, like I, I didn't play the game because I was gonna, you know, doing the friend thing of just like, you know what, you can't play it, and of all the people I feel deserve to play this game. <laughs> so then I played Ryza, and so it ended up being a good experience. 
Um, but I finally got around to playing this game. It left a real bad mm-hmm. first impression. Um, mm. I cannot... Man, this game, yes. I immediately bounced off of it. Um, just, like, the setting wasn't feeling it. Like, the, mm. um, like I feel like they were going for, like, gothic Paris, I guess, is kind of what yeah. they're going for. And it mm. just kind of feels more like a drab, boring city that's really brown. It's really, really drab. Oh, there's a lot of brown in this game. There's so much brown. Maybe my TV's weird. To me, the color of this game is gray. Like, it's gray and everything's bloomed out really bad. Like, the bloom was really kind of there really? in East 8. But this game feels really bloomed out to me. It's I mean, either... It's compared either... to, like, Twilight Princess, this is nothing, I think. Okay, are you... okay you've got a fucking point that there. That generation of consoles, like... Um, uh, but yeah, like this game did not leave a ba- a, a great first impression. I, th- mm-hmm. I think it's because like, I don't like how Adol feels in this game. Something about his moveset just does not Oof. click for me. And I don't know why, because it's really not super different from it. Cause I went back and I played a bit of eight to kind of compare. Yeah. And his, his movements and everything feel very similar, but there's like this slight, there, there's a bit more looseness uh, to eight. Um, and he feels a little more chunky. And I don't want this to kind of like come across as I don't like this game because it's not East 8. That's not where I... But, but that has to kind of be my touchstone because a lot, yeah. of, a lot of stuff in this game feels like a big step back from that mm-hmm. game. Like it feels almost like a purposeful about face. Uh, I absolutely agree on that. Where it seems like, like on a technical level, a lot of stuff is carried over. Like, but like theme wise and like the setting, they just went as far in the other direction as they could have on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Like everything feels like an, a complete. Like whereas you know you had this really cool found family story in East mm-hmm. Eight that they really drilled down into, you don't really feel as connected uh, to the characters and the city in this game. It's just like, it's a big city. There are a lot of NPCs you don't give a shit about. Um, I think, I think that might be a little bit you. I think that that part, I think was kind of the same for me in both games. Really? Yeah. Like I, okay. Like, I guess I did kind of get into exploring the city a bit because I did find all of the graffiti and the, the, the blue feathers. (laughs) I can't believe it's amazing how many people end up with that get all the blue feathers achievement like, because there's just it's something a, that's still fun about it it's over like you finished doing it halfway through the game and there's that yeah like that like they didn't space this stuff out enough to where that like that that like exploring the city feels a little more worthwhile it's just like by chapter six i was done like with both the graffiti and the blue feathers so it was like okay mm-hmm. uh the other thing that i have to do now is just go you know, maybe go look for treasure chests that have crafting items in them. Uh-oh, guess what? We broke the crafting system. Yeah. We made it Oops. pointless. We just give you a lot of money now. And the very first special item we give you that you can equip gives you 20% more gold from everything. So you never need money in this game. <laughs> you never need I... to, you never need to upgrade ah. a thing. Yeah. The upgrades are useless. I actually didn't use the 20% money thing because I always had the HP regen on. You can get extra slots. Yeah. Like I, I ended up with almost never. I had five yeah. slots at the end, so it was just like. Really? I think I only had four. Mm. I think I had five. I'll have to check. But 
Yeah, like they they made crafting pointless because like the only time you'll use it is for another part of the game, which we'll talk about momentarily. But yeah, like you can like my problem is it's like they could have made upgrading your weapons with materials work if they had just been like, okay, let's say you start with a rusty sword and then you upgrade it to a plus one, plus two, and then when you get to the third, you upgrade to the next tier. That's how E Sates worked. Okay, but like. With this one, you can just buy the next tier. And there's really no point in upgrading to plus one or plus two, because what's plus 20 strength in this video game when the numbers are already yeah. high enough that it's just like, what is that giving me? I feel no difference here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing is, they could have made this work if you could have just like... Very, which is very unease. Yeah, like if you could have just kept your upgrade chain going like East 8, but they would have given you extra bonuses for taking that route. So if you do upgrade to the next one, there's like a permanent bonus that you can keep on the next tier of weapons when you craft that. So it'll be better than the one that you could buy, right? That would incentivize this whole crafting system. But as it is, it's just you can plus one or plus two your items for no fucking point. You know, like for no for, for no fucking reason at all. Uh, you can't do anything to your armor anymore. Um, <clears throat> it's just kind of a, a real pointless system. Unless you want to do a bunch of raid battles. <coughs> Who likes raids? Who liked the raid portion of East 8? I think I liked it more in this than I did in 8. Really? Actually. That's weird to me. Okay. They start, because, I don't know, they're just, they're very chaotic and loud, but, like, by the end, they started getting, like, pretty difficult, so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm here for this. See, like, like this the... I think what killed them for me is that you're just mm -hmm. fighting the same types of enemies in them every time. Yeah. So it's There's just that. like, and it's just like, oh, it's these same enemies that I've been fighting all game, but their numbers are kind of bigger now. The numbers get bigger. And it's just, the, and it's just like, I think that the designs are really boring, and like the 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 Grimwald Knox area is just kind of like, it's it's just kind of like this mishmash of colors that all run together, so it's not really striking or interesting. Oh, it is just like, hey, we took an area from the main game and just made it even more gray and brown. Yeah. Like, could've... just li literally took all the color out and maybe have a red sky. Yeah. Like, it's... Uh... Um... Yeah. So, like, this game has a lot of forced mandatory raid battles. Like, you have to do them uh, to continue. If you want to be able to explore all the city, you've got to hunt down the optional ones, which thankfully it's not hard to do. Like, I, I don't think I ever had to stop and grind for Nox. If you just do the side quests, you get enough Nox yeah. to open them all. Um, so th thankfully, because thankfully, because like there are these Nox points all over the city that you can run into and just spawn these instant fights. And they're really bad because everything, yeah. everything in the city runs at like 15 frames a second. Yeah. The random battles in town are obnoxious. Yeah, like there's a few optional Nox missions that take place in town, like the one in the cathedral specifically, where like the the frame rate just fucking tanks. Uh, and that one took that one took me like two or three tries to do because it's the one where you can't actually kill the boss because it's like level ninety, so you have to go destroy all the crystals oh. instead. Yeah. Yeah. Like that one was just like a pain in the ass because like the frame rate kept fucking me over. Um, I think, uh, what do you think of, of the character writing in this one, Rhett? See, this is where I think you really diverge. I still liked all the characters a lot. Um, I think that they did a good job on a couple of them. 
There's a couple of them mm-hmm. I really, really like, and like, I, like I think Renegade in particular is a really good character. I like what they did cool. with him. Yeah. Um, uh, Raging Bull. She, she's got a, yeah. a nice little story too. Um, uh, not Hawk. <laughs> he's miserable. He's terrible. Who? Hawk. Oh, he's awful. Hawk. Okay, he's yeah. awful. <laughs> he's a bad boy. He's the bad boy. He's like he's two sword boy. John will love him. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think that like a lot of this game's kind of problem with the writing is uh, at least in like quests and characters and stuff is that like a, a lot of it feels like paint by numbers Falcom for backstories. Whereas like okay, mm. I you've done this. I know what this backstory is going to be. I definitely felt that a bit with Hawk. Yeah. Like, especially was like, oh, okay. I, and I think this is where my baggage or lack of helps because I haven't played any of the Cold Steel games. Yeah. So Hawk is a maybe... very specific character from another game. Oh, interesting. Just done way worse. Okay. See, that, that I can believe you on, but like. Yeah, so, like, when they're using these tropes over and over again, maybe having not played, you know, five additional Trails yeah. games yeah. is helping me here. Yeah, like, I definitely think that, like... Do you remember... Hmm? Do you remember how good Hummel was in Ease 8? Where his backstory <laughs> is revealed? It's <laughs> so good! <laughs> he's like, I'm just here to deliver this package, which is what... What, what even was it? Like, pickles! A, a jar of pickles jar or something? Pickles. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I was I'm thinking a transporter. About I'll transport anything. Contraband, dead bodies, it's all the same to me. <laughs> I, I was thinking about Ease 8 this week because of this game, and swear in my life, I could not rem- I remember that character existed. I could not remember anything else about him. He's also voiced because... by Sean Shiplock, our good friend Sonic Mega. Oh, oh good. I think that's the I think that's the great joke about him is that he's, yeah, he's so he's mysterious, just and mysterious. And he's, he's just extremely straightforward, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. The mail always goes through. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's played so straight. It's so good. Um, mm-hmm. um, okay, but but despite my negative criticisms, mm-hmm. they stop here. They stop here. Um, the mobility and uh, the verticality of this game. Like, they're, like, the yeah. strongest features. Uh, and they need to yeah. maintain that going forward, I think. If they're going to stay with this kind of system, like, mm-hmm. be it party or otherwise, if they're going to keep playing with this kind of, like, the way these games feel right now, that you can't make another game and not have these movement options. Or, I, like, obviously they couldn't do it story-wise. Like, it wouldn't make sense for ALs. Just like, I've got wings now. No, that would be real weird. Um, but like they can definitely do like oh grappling hook or you know some sort of equipment. Yeah, like they need to have that stuff back. Um, yeah, um, it's very fun. A uh, lot of really good boss fights in this game. Mm. Um, a couple are breathtakingly cool. Uh, a couple of them were just like when I got there and I saw like what they were hinting to. Uh, they pointed at a mural, right? Remember when they pointed yeah, at a mural, yeah. and you're like, oh, "That's." And I like Adel. One of Adel's reactions is just dot dot dot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had so much trouble with that one because I think they kind of want you to use Renegade because it's his, his chapter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I insisted on using Raging Bull. I did the same. <laughs> it was hard. And so I'm just like, I'm just gonna throw myself into this hitbox and pray, and then it, 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 it not works. Worse the first one. 
No, oh, I died on that one. Oh yeah, yeah. This game is actually way harder on hard, by the way. Uh, I think what? that I think that this game's hard is way harder than eight. I got my I got my oh, shit cool. kicked in so many times. Like I can only take two or three hits. I didn't go crazy. That's... I didn't go crazy like you and dump all of my elixirs into anybody. I just played everything straight. It's funny that for me in like chapter three, I t I pumped it up to nightmare. Oh, I thought it was too easy. Huh. <laughs> for the so. So for for what it's worth, instead of dying in two or three hits, that basically meant I died in one or two hits. Oh jeez! Like, see, some of that stuff would like drive me nuts in yeah, Grimwald, I was in, in Grimwald Noxes, though, because I feel I think, like a lot of hits in those areas just kind of fucking come from out of nowhere. Yeah, I feel like the damage was way reduced in those where I could actually tank for a little bit mm -hmm. because it is kind of chaotic. But the bosses were just like, oh god, yeah, here's like a, a two thousand HP hit. You're you're, you're done. Heal. You're done. Yeah. Yeah, I had some random enemies on the field like do a big charge up swing, and I screwed up the parry, and they just hit you for like three thousand. <laughs> like, this is and at a time when I have like a thousand HP, it's like you're you're done. Like you buddy. just literally turned that poor girl into paste. <laughs> Krisha, yeah, Krisha is just I, a grease stain on the ground. I dumped all my <laughs> HP stuff into her, and at the very end of the game, they they let you craft those HP plus one hundred potions. Yeah. <laughs> So I got seven more, and I still put them all on her. <laughs> so she had, like, 5,500 HP. I think Adol had, like, 3,800. Oh, my God. Yeah, by the time I got to the end, I think Adol was, like, five levels behind everybody else because my, like, my, yeah. te my, team, was, <laughs> my, my team was Doll, Raging Bull, and White Cat. Yeah. And I, I just used them for the most, for most of the game. Yeah. Um, I had the similar party for most of it. I kicked out Doll at the end because I wanted to go back to Adol. Oh. Uh, I put him in for the final boss fight. Just, I don't know. It felt... Just in case. Yeah. Yeah, it felt like I was probably going to have to. I felt like they were going to force me to, so I went through the final dungeon with Adol and kind of tried to get him caught up, which it didn't take that long. Leveling in this game is very yeah. fast. Mm -hmm. um, she still got that. Um, it's, it's got a Falcomoss final dungeon. Oh sure. my god, yeah. Like... The, it, 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 <laughs> It's Falcom Final Dungeon. Like, yeah, you're you're here. You're home. Enjoy it. This game has a big tracker of like how much of the map you've seen. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you get to the end and you're just like, why is there still so much left? And then the last dungeon is like ten percent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of the entire Excellent. game. Of the entire game. It's, yeah, it's like the yeah, the global all other dungeons counters. and the town and you know other stuff. Yeah. Um. Uh, I also think that the last five hours of that story are on fucking fire. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah, it's good. like that. That game's got an incredible like back end. Um, like when all of the everything happens at the end of yeah. a certain chapter, you will not oh want to put God. the controller down. You will not want to put the controller no. down. They pull <laughs> some shit in this game that just like. Oh my god. Because it's ballsy. Like, they, they make a couple of ballsy moves. Um, that really fucking blew me away. You know, it's funny. You say you won't be able to put the controller down. Mm -hmm. I DM'd John the exact opposite thing, where where I just messaged him, like, I'm crying too much. I'm too mentally exhausted to continue. I have to put the controller down. Oh no! I, like, as soon as it said final chapter, I like, immediately saved and quit and went to bed. Yeah, I actually did the same thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I got to the final chapter um, the next morning. Um, and I had to stop 
So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like that that game's the end of that game goes real hard. It's very very good. The the like the thing that they spend like the the preceding forty hours setting up, um, they do it very well when they need to kind of pull back the curtain on what's going yeah. on. Um, it, I, I I hate the fact that like when I was kind of doing the the side quest chunk in this mm-hmm. game, like there was a point where I was just like, if if the side quest didn't involve a main character or somebody that I cared about, I was literally start skip cutscene, start skip Aww. cut skip cutscene, cutscene. Yep, not even sit there and smash through it. Just start, skip cutscene. Give me the waypoint. I know where to go. Tell me what to do. Let's go. Because I just, just I just don't remember that many that were there were not just, actually tied into the plot and somehow somehow I you know I ran into like a big stretch of just kind of eh, these are not very interesting. There's one, I can't say which it is because it's super relevant, but it's like kind of the most mundane quest. And then by the end of the game, you're like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. Good shit there. Um, um, uh, but I mean, I, good final thoughts. I'll, I'll go first. I think that this game's just kind of a miss for me. It's not a bad game. I'm not going to sit here and say it's bad. It's just, it's, and it's not yeah. a case. And again, it's, I don't want it to seem like a case of me not liking it because it's not East eight. Um, uh, but like when everything feels like a very pronounced step back from East eight, those, yeah. com- those comparisons are hard to not make. Um, yeah. Uh, Cause they're the, like the, they play so similar. It's kind of like origin and oath and felgana where it's like hey we made the same game again yeah yeah um what about you right what are your kind of final thoughts coming away from this game so i agree with you on a lot of things i think this game is small to large step back in like every area from ease eight mm-hmm. except for the movement options yeah. which are all new and you know it's fun but it doesn't really i feel like they actually could have done more in the dungeons with a lot of the mobility stuff. Yeah, I don't know like, whether it's... I don't know whether they can't because maybe their engine isn't advanced enough mm-hmm. or if they didn't think that people would like that. But I was kind of hoping the dungeons would be more puzzly because you had a lot of puzzly yeah. moments in Donna's dungeon in East 8. Um, oh, yeah. And I was kind of hoping that like there would be more of that. And they do, they do some fun stuff, but a lot of it kind of just ends up being... Find the way around, like, so you can't, like, you can't wall run up this wall because there's a lip. Find the way to oh fly. My God. Find a way to fly to somewhere else and so you can get to the top. Everywhere. There's the number fucking, of... The number of lips? The number of, yeah, yep. lips in this game are oh, fucking insane. There's a person that literally had to sit there on every map looking at every wall that you could run up and say, I need to put a lip here so you can't wall run up it. I need to put a wall here so you can't wall run up it. I need to put a lip here. I need to put a lip here. And it's so annoying because they put so many treasure chests on fucking pillars like that where it's just like, nope, you're not running up this pillar to get this chest. You've got to take some long-ass convoluted path to get it. As soon as the first time you get to this one big open area and I just look at all the walls and they're just all... They're all lipped! Just like, oh, okay, I see exactly what we're doing here. No flying, <laughs> no running. Just play it like regular ease. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of, kind of wish they had done more puzzle wise with that stuff. Yeah, but it is fun. Yeah. Like, it's the. I'm just saying, it's the one area I do not think. Hey, this is a significant step back from ease eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that wall and, run feels good. Yeah. That glide feels super good. The glide is 
the glide is kind of the MVP for me. Yeah, it's so good. Like, it's kind of weird. There's the grapple is fine. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as you get the flying, it's like kind of whatever. Whatever. Yeah, you're, you, you, you only grapple when you absolutely have to. And that's the only option. Yeah. I wish the grapple had had more use in combat. Yeah, because they teach you that at the start, that you can use Adol's uh, Crimson Line to, like, pull yourself closer to enemies. But I never found a point to using it. Yeah. There's, like, literally the same move in Sekiro, where you can grapple point onto a boss to pull yourself towards them quicker. Yeah. But in this, it's just kind of useless. Because you run so fast, like, am I really going to suffer the half-second kind of delay switching out of it? Or just walk up to the boss and attack them. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I understand being disappointed by this game because it is a step back from Ease 8 in almost every way. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like Death by a Thousand Cuts where, like, every little thing that bugs you just can kind of pile up. up. Yeah. And yet, I still had a fucking amazing time with this entire game. That's good. That's good. Because I was just... I don't know. Maybe it's... Be- this one reminds me a lot of Trails Zero. Because it is so focused on the one setting and getting to know your team of characters for the entire game. Because, like, you had asked me earlier, like, when you were about two-thirds through, like, hey, when is the plot going to start? Yeah. And I'm I'm just like, oh, but the entire game is the plot, you know? Like, (laughs) it's just kind of a different... It's very kind of of slice-of-life-y in a weird way of just like, hey, here's just character arcs like it's like the it's, first it's, it's the same way that they handle trails in the sky sc where they're introducing uh enforcers every chapter yeah. and you just kind of okay we're gonna be doing this maybe this game would have fared better had i not like plowed through it in the way that i did you know doing, yeah see like, i went two chapters a day slowly like I did oh like two God. chapters a day or something. Like I was just like I had nothing else going on, and it was just like, mm-hmm. all right, we're just gonna play the video game. Yeah, I to- was telling John like I have eighty hours in this game or something. Jesus. I'm going so goddamn slow. Yeah, I was doing like chapter every two days. Wow, like I did, like I've got like forty nine and a half hours. I went very slow. I mean, I idle a lot and just right. listen to the music and stuff. But... Oh, yeah. There's, there, there, look, there's game's got bangers. Yeah, the music is still great. Yeah. Just, I think Ease 8 was also, you know... Better in that regard. Yeah, just a little bit better. Just a little bit. Like, I don't think that there are moments in, in, in East 9's soundtrack that hit me in the way in the ways some mm. of the tracks like Ease 8 do. Yeah. Um, but, but, but this game, damn... Still some good fucking yeah. ass tunes. There's the moment right before the final dungeon where I was like, oh, I am turning the volume Yes! <laughs> yes! Know exactly what you're talking about. I, I literally went into the options and was like, hey, character, <laughs> voice, hey, character voices, can you get the fuck out of here? Get out of here! Yep! Because you're... When all six characters are yelling their attack names constantly, it's just a lot. Yeah. And I was like, I can't believe I waited all game to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little much. <laughs> well, yeah. So, yeah, I really like this game. I re- It's weird because, like, the setting sucks, I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah, it does. But it's, like, it's very deliberate, I think. And it's, like, it's kind of a bold move for a game to do that. Because I think of how it ties into the story of this town and like what the citizens are going through. Mm-hmm. I think it is important that this town is just very gray and boring. 
Yeah, like, I get it. I get it. I think that, like, Danganronpa V3 does something very mm-hmm. similar where it's, like, it's doing something on purpose, and you know that maybe it's trying to get yeah. on your nerves a little bit. Because um, when you when you actually think of it, it's, it's Adol goes to a new town, and that town's defining feature is a large prison. Yeah. Like, this is not a particularly happy game, if you really no, think about it. No, it's like, really not. We live in a fucking yeah. prison city. Yeah. Like, there's Keys just... Live Arc, the video game. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I get that. Sorry, continue it. Uh, there's just kind of a sadness through this whole game that is a little understated. Like, it's not really super in your face a lot of the time. Yeah. And I think, like, it just does, it does seem to kind of intentionally wear you down with how gray and kind of monotonous everything is. Mm-hmm. And then, like, all, none of the dungeons are really even that impressive either. Like, they no, really kind of seem to go out of their way to not be the wild, fantastical adventure that Ease yeah. was. Yeah, it's, it's very understated to the point yeah. of, of just almost just, like, mind-numbing at points. Yeah. But I still, yeah, still really like the game. Like, the end of the last few chapters, when they fucking go for it. Like, they spend this whole, they spend, like, the whole game promising that one reveal is going to blow your mind. And then it does. And it it fucking does! There's no way. It's not going, fucking shit. (laughs) It's so good. Yes, and then the ending when, you know things are wrapping up and you're saying goodbye to everyone. Oh just man. A total wreck. Oh. Did, you, did you find, did you find that trio again in the epilogue? Yep. It's really, I was so happy that was, they were there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm so glad that that story ended up the way that it did. Yeah. They, they give everyone an arc. Yeah. And like that journal is updating till like literally yeah. a few steps from the exit gate. Yep. It's kind of, so like one hundred percent in this game feels like a nightmare because you would just have to have a guide. Yeah, I because like there's some stuff that you can miss just by not talking to a character in a certain chapter. Like I or, missed like, side one quest side missed. quest, and I don't know I how missed, I missed it. I missed two. I think maybe I missed three by the end because one of them, one of them was in like chapter eight, and I see it off there on the map, and I'm mm-hmm. like, but I don't have that area yet. So you just you just want me to leave this dungeon and go grind, and I didn't. Mm. And then the chapter. I think that's the one I missed, too. Was it the one about, like, uh, inscriptions? Yep. Yep, that's the one I missed. Yeah. Because I went back to that area in Chapter 9, and they were like, oh, looks like somebody was here recently. Yeah. Like, like they find ways to write around the quests that you miss. Yeah. (laughs) Because, like, there's one of them where it's like, oh, here's somebody new has joined the tavern, Mm -hmm. in spite of the fact that I had not done their quest. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think this is a great game. Nice. But it it has issues, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, if I'm going to have to, if I'm going to have to recommend an East game, it's not going to be nine. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think eight kind of towers above the others in the series for me, but this is probably my second favorite pretty closely. Mm-hmm. But I I also like Celsteta. I'm just into party bases, honestly. Uh, you just kind of hear all like for that entire like like that, man Celsteta. Like this feels like Celsteta in origin to me, where it's just like it's such. It's the funny a miss. thing is, <laughs> it's a miss. Celsteta I really liked. Origin is the one I completely bounced off of because of the setting. Yeah. I like Origin. So maybe you'll like this one. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, like I, I could see this one clicking. 
for me, it's just like, yeah. in spite of like everything gameplay wise being a step back because I really like the story in this, I'm, I was totally fine. Mm. Which is kind of similar with Celsetta, where it's like, yeah, this is he's eight prototype, but I still like the story, so it's fine. There you go. And Griselda is a great cool. character to have, you know, to, to, to interact with in in in, in Celsetta mm-hmm. anyway. So yeah. Cool. So I guess that's East cool. Nine. I'm just play this. Yeah. All right. Yeah, John. Sorry, Hunter, even though all three of us, pre-or- <laughs> all three of us pre-ordered it. Yep. Um, you two have played it to completion. Mm-hmm. I have not started it. You have not started it. You've you've been up to some other things, though. I do understand, John. What else have you? What have you been uh, up to? Yeah. Now that since you're not playing I'm East not, Nine, like... the video game that we were all going to play day one, and then it just kind of ended up a giant clusterfuck. <laughs> This was supposed to be the month of East Nine. <laughs> was supposed to be the month of East Nine. Supposed to be the month of East Nine. <laughs> well, I've got a lot. I've got a number of little things, um, and then one big fat thing. And I think mm-hmm. um, one of the little things is is more ease. So I think that, let's do the big fat thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh wait. And we can circle back around to ease. <laughs> circle back around. <laughs> um, but the big fat thing is that I finished Xenogears. Woo! Oh man, that's a big one. Is a big un. Is a big un. Um, so, to to refresh, um, the deal was that I finished Xenoblade, and I liked it so much and was so moved by it that I was like, "Fuck, I need more of this." I know I just spent a month playing this fifty-hour RPG, but I really want more of this. I'm going to start Xenogears right now, mm. and then I did, and that was a mistake. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. This did not. <laughs> it was not kind. It, it was not a kind experience. It was a it was a it was a bad play. Mm. Is jumping straight from Xenoblade into Xenogears. These are two different things, two different beasts, but very large ones um, as well. Yes. yes, it's mostly mostly just that they're very big. It was not like I played Xenogears and was like, oh, I wish it was more like Xenoblade or vice versa. It was just these are two very long RPGs that mm. are pretty dense. Yeah, um, a lot going on. And my arc with it, um, I played the first like ten to twelve hours. Um, had a good time was feeling it mm-hmm. vibing um i hit that prison section oh. and it's it's basically just that like the game is just kind of kicking into gear yeah. like it's it's a pretty ha! like it, gear! it goes right away at the start <laughs> <laughs> it goes right away at the start i guess with like oh the village explodes immediately mm-hmm. um yeah, but as, as jrpgs tend to go yeah. burn the village as RPGs tend to go, but burn the village. Your 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 protagonist becomes a suicidal wreck. You know how <laughs> RPGs start. <laughs> um, but it, it really feels like it gets going at that like that first kind of season finale bit where like Ellie's freaking out and having a a meltdown flashback mm-hmm. and, and fighting and fighting Faye and then. Everybody, and on the other side of the mountain, all these other people are fighting this giant war. And then suddenly this new gear shows up and just decimates everybody after this big boss fight. And it's like, it, it feels like a, um, a culmination in the same way as like classic, like classic square RPG. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. It feels like in the, in the same ballpark as the big moments in FF6 or yeah. FF7 or Chrono Trigger. Um, and it's, but it's like it gets there, it gets to that point, and then it just stops. Oh, it's just the momentum it, just goes. It dead. grinds to a fucking halt. You can hear the brakes scratching against metal. 
it's disgusting. <laughs> and it's still like a pretty slow game with long dungeons with lots of slow fights. Uh, the, the the cave dungeon with Bart is uh, like two fucking hours early on. And I'm just like, so I'm like, I'm feeling it, but I'm not that feeling it. You're not really um, feeling it. <laughs> I knew somebody had to do the rhyme joke. <laughs> so I, I get to that that point where Faye wakes up, everybody else is gone, and he is stuck in prison. And now you have to explore this large prison. And then uh, ultimately, there's a tournament arc where you fight for your freedom, and you go and you go through like a very monotonous series of mech fights with different characters you don't care about yeah um and it as you go through and you can and then there's like a two-hour sewer dungeon stuck right in the middle of it <laughs> with a murder mystery plot that goes god. nowhere oh god the so fucking you spend, you spend red like, rum sewer dungeon jesus christ you spend like eight or nine hours in Kieslev and it explodes at the end so ultimately Fucking nothing. nothing. And that whole chunk matters. Doesn't fucking to shit. It's nothing. Rico's introduced, and then he gets like you hear some stuff about his sad backstory, and it never comes up again. Yeah, like Rico it's is just, just nothing. Such a throwaway character. Which is so sad because he's great. He's enjoyable. Yeah, uh, but they just do nothing with him. Um, and after that, you have like a really nice scene with Ellie on the ocean when mm. you're stuck together and then they like talk about life while looking at the moon and it's not sappy it feels like real yeah. and cool and I'm like oh shit maybe I'm maybe I'm here for this we're and turning a corner like we're turning a, a corner and then I put the game down for like a month also at the start <laughs> of the prison section I put the game down for like a month and when I came back to it I was still like Ugh. and that was the point where I just picked up a guide and was just like yeah Let's let's just get through this as fast as possible. Yeah, and that's and, still like eight hours. It was still like eight hours. Like with a map, the sewer dungeon was like ninety minutes. Yeah, um, it's painful. Um, and then I just kept doing that. Um, I just kept guiding my way through it, which just sucks a lot of the joy I think out of playing an RPG. Yeah, for sure. You're just like, what's the next? What, all right, what are the next three bosses? What do I need to be geared up for them? And then every and then you're just like going through the motions of fighting this cool set piece. Yeah. Um, and then right after, um, right after that really nice scene and the fun stuff on the Thames with the captain, um, the, <laughs> we are the men of, of <laughs> the sea. The sea. <laughs> oh my God. You nerds. It's very good. <laughs> <laughs> Rhett doesn't get it because he isn't a man hey. of, of the sea. The sea. They do it. They do it like ten times. Right, it's great. And they do dramatic I mean, camera cuts every single time. I've technically and played delays, up to this yes. point of the game and still don't remember this. I do remember prison because it was miserable. <laughs> yep. Um, you're supposed to like so that. You're supposed. That. It's very deliberately, purp purposefully boring, right? It's a, it's a prison. Yeah, it's art. <laughs> <laughs> don't you get it, Rick? Oh. Um, no, it doesn't work because it doesn't work as a this is art thing because the person has fuck all to do with the rest of the yeah. I saw one person <laughs> sincerely it's making so that inconsequential. Do you think when they were do you yeah, think right. when they were wrapping up they were like, 
well, how come we finished this part but not disc two? <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! Whoops! Because they're making it as they go along, like all of these games. They were yeah, just like, like this was. Right, we've already. We are flying the by the seat of our pants. I I always think yeah. that that's how every indie game is made, but I have to think that's not actually how studio games are made. This game For has me, a very buy. This game how... this, a lot of this game has a buy your ass kind of feel to it. That's all these old games. I feel like that's true of like most of the Final Fantasies. I mm -hmm. feel like that's true of um, God. Uh, it's like, oh, hey, sorry, dog. We already made this dungeon. You got to use it. We got to use it. Make us bring in the characters here for some reason. It's a tournament arc. I mean, it's a prison and a tournament arc. It'll be great. Everybody will love it. We're going to the moon. We're going to the moon. We're all from the same orphanage. Yeah. Because of guardian force magic. It, that's that is like that's simple. It's simple. It's silly. It's some bullshit. But that is also not unique to Xenogears. No. That is a SquareSoft experience. Package. Yep. <laughs> that's just part of part of the plan when you sign up mm-hmm unless yeah um and right after that i'm just going through the game i hope this is okay because it's important i feel that you get the sense of my emotional connection <laughs> get the whole sense as i moved along i mean we let you do an entire ocarina of time let's play in 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 <laughs> just <laughs> just in monologue form once i see no reason why not oh that one is well, that one was that one's still infamous. Um, <laughs> but then, like the next five hours are all this stuff with Billy and his dad and oh. the church, who has the church has been barely mentioned up to this point, if mentioned at all. And suddenly, we're having this big conflict with it. And that the the thing is the the prison arc it explodes at the end in a way that's pretty pleasing. Yeah, the Billy arc is just ends with like a wet fart. <laughs> it's the biggest. Where it's just fart. like. <laughs> And then Billy shoots a gun where the bullet is his dad, and his dad is sacrificing himself uh, to be the bullet of this mech gun that's going to oh, save everything. It's so and dumb. it's like a tragic, sad moment. They, but then, wait, no! The dad's alive! He's still alive. It's fine. It's so dumb. And we're done! That's it! We're that's moving it. on! That's it. Billy's not going to matter again. Don't worry. Billy's story no longer matters to the rest of this game. <laughs> he is done. <laughs> Again, I asked, why did they finish this part? <laughs> um, so that is, so that's where that's where the game the game has completely lost me at this point. I am saying this is, uh -huh. I I am like okay, this is this is kind of bad. I'm just gonna so how, gonna suffer through it slowly. Go ahead. How Rob. far is this, how far is this from the Tower of Babel? Um, that's the next chunk. Yeah, that's that is where so um, that is where the game lost me, and then I actually did stop playing it at Tower of Babel. Which is weird because Tower of Babel is super baby easy, <laughs> and you can actually. Okay, I, I but, just did the but I'm saying I was so fucking checked out by that point. Mm. Oh, okay, because of everything preceding. <laughs> that's fair because this is all this that, that stuff. Again, you had the prison arc see. and the Billy arc right back to back. It doesn't do that game many favors. Uh huh. Yeah, and that's like a 10 to 15 hour chunk of video game. Yeah! Which isn't great. No. So, Tower of Babel, I'm like, actually pretty fucking dope dungeon. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of pulling me back in a little It's kind of pulling me back in a little bit. After yeah. that is Shavat. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. That's when the game starts getting real good. Cool. It's, pre it's just like, the, the thing, Rhett, is that there are two zeals in this game. Um, yeah. One of them's 
kind of ambiguously good and one of them is pretty much evil um and shabbat is the good zeal and you get there uh-huh. and you talk to everybody and kind of forge, forge an alliance with the good zeal um i mean the music is even reminiscent that, of zeal oh yeah oh yeah they're 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 aping that that feel that that vibe um honestly it's sort of like you start off the game as the earth not realizing you're the earthbound ones from from chrono trigger like you are pawns toys for these giant floating city countries that are Mm. have so much more advanced technology than you and don't really respect you as nations or as lives you are lambs Um, you are lambs for for us to to shepherd um and I, and that that facet of the story was actually very interesting to me how mm-hmm. um someone just kind of pointed out this read of like it starts off with this big conflict between Ave and Kislev and you think that's going to be the whole game but then 10 hours in it's like actually these countries are pretty inconsequential compared yeah. to the <clears throat> giant colonial forces that actually pull the strings of all of our lives yeah it's it's a really cool twist yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. I was at it, at it for a little bit. I was like, why are there two fucking zeals? Why is this game just throwing so much bullshit at me? <laughs> um, this isn't going to go anywhere. This isn't purposeful. There's nothing going on here. I need to pay attention to. I'm, I'm so done. And for some reason, I'm going to keep playing anyway. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then I put the game down for like two months. <laughs> and then I picked it back up. And then... Um, I got through the, you got to go to three different places on the world map to blow up the gate generators to, so you can get, open the way to Solaris. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. And I hit a boss that was really hard at this point. And I was like, uh, pound nails through my fingers. <laughs> Let's get through this. Um, and then I did. And then I got to Solaris and then I was like, put away the guide for a bit just put away the guide for the bit see how that feels just see how it feels for just a little bit just a little bit just a tiny bit um just for a little while and then i played through like the last eight hours of disc one and then i played through the whole rest of the game yeah. <laughs> pretty much in one one week spurt yeah you were and cruising i had a lot more fun and i just kind of started vibing again and it makes me wonder how much more fun I would have had if I hadn't just it it's like if you just believe it's good early on (laughs) then you can just have more fun with it yeah no I get that I I have like a level of trust with a game and when it loses that it's really hard to keep going Mm -hmm. because you you start every you start every game believing it's going to be good because that's why you're playing it so when it starts Mm -hmm. to lose you it can be rough and like I think guide or no guide, that prison and stuff, those moments in this game sound like they're going to lose either way. They're just bad. They're not good, unfortunately. Like, even Polly isn't defending it. Like, I can't defend it, because I think that that, yeah. that is the worst part of the game. Like, that 15-hour stretch, but you, you, like, if you know the game, you can whittle that down to, like, maybe three to five hours. Um, but... If you are playing casually, that is going to be a 10 to 15 hour ordeal. And it is a bad fucking part of the game. Mm-hmm. It's just not playing to the strengths. No, um, not at all. There's very little relationship stuff. It's it's mostly focused on characters that are not going to matter. Yep. Um, yeah. You don't, the game you is don't not know. good. Go ahead. 
you don't know because you haven't played it before if the game is going to reward getting to the end exactly yeah and that and once and once you lose that trust it just makes it so hard to care yeah um but somehow i but i just kind of was like fuck it let's try having fun again because it had been six months and Mm -hmm. i was like i i was like feeling better about it um and I just cruised to the end of the game. Yeah. Um, the, the, the end of disc one is fucking buck wild. God, awesome. that game is extremely just, good. The end of that disc goes so fucking hard. It's so fucking good. And it's 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 the the attack on Solaris and you and also just existing in the society of Solaris, which is very interesting. It's so neat. It, it's very interesting. Um. It's very class stratified, which mm-hmm. is something you didn't see before, which is that um, these people that are up in the sky, I think they're, they're superior to everyone. Even in that culture, everybody is... In a class. Compl- looking down looking down on each other, looking up to another people, right up to the ruling class. Also, the whole time, this whole game, it is constantly flashing back and forth between, like, six sets of villains, and they're all <laughs> just infighting the whole time. <laughs> and, alt- and fucking, like... Most of the villains wind up killing each other instead yeah. of you killing them. It's really satisfying. Yeah. The, sh- the trash just takes itself out. <laughs> Which is it's so dope. Um, and, and that was another thing where, I, where it was lost to me. I was just like, there are so many fucking villains. I don't understand what's going on. Um, but at that, but, but right when I had gotten there, it had basically finished introducing villains. And mm-hmm. at that point, it was it, the way it played out all of them was very satisfying. Yeah, it's, it's not hard to follow kind of once you get like the factions kind of settled in your brain a little bit. And you're just like, okay, I know why Shakan is here, what he's doing. I know who Krellian is. Uh, I know mm. what Kane's doing. When they introduce Emerelda, like, oh, by the way, Faye has a nanomachine daughter in what? a tube. What? And she thinks he's his dad. And maybe he is. I don't know. And this is like 35, 30 hours <laughs> 30 in. 30 hours like, in? I can't. I can't with you, game. I'm sorry. I just can't. I don't know. I, I you can't keep giving me things to keep track of. Um, uh, there's a whole other character, Maria, who has a whole arc in the Shabbat section, but it actually feels good. It feels yeah. like one of those Final Fantasy VII arcs where it's like, and now this is hey, this is Barrett's whole deal. Hey, this is Agate's whole deal. Yeah, yeah. And if like, they did that for every character, I yeah. wouldn't mind if they weren't like plot essential at the end. Yeah, like Rico and Billy kind of end up at the short end of the stick here, but like Maria ends up having yeah. a pretty good arc of her own, even though she's not like a, mm-hmm. I guess I would say main player of sorts. Um, mm-hmm. um, Bart's is Bart's is pretty good, I think. Yeah, um, he's kind of annoying, but in a way that I kind of like. He's a, um, he's you want to smack the shit out of him most of the time, but it it's it's in like a <laughs> you're an idiot. Not as much. You're not an as idiot. Much as Satan. Oh God, man. Well, well I want to Go smack ahead. the shit out of Satan of Satan for different reasons. Uh, Satan's just like, ahead, man, you're you're kind of a fucking prick, aren't you? <laughs> uh, he's just an asshole. With Bart, time. with Bart, I want to smack it. him around because we're friends. Like it's like, yeah, you're my idiot friend. I expect you to be an an idiot. With Satan, it's just like I want to put your stupid glasses through the back of your skull because I, you are making me angry. I want to delete your Reddit account. Yes! <laughs> he has a Reddit account. God damn it. He does. I've gone, Do you not like... even understand something as simple as that? Oh! I'm a Nazi. <laughs> God. I've basically gone 20 years thinking... <laughs> My wife that says it. that I... Go ahead. 
I basically got like twenty years thinking that he betrays you at some point and was like a major villain. And apparently, I know. I, I was waiting for it the whole time. But there's a fake out where he almost is, but then it turns out he's good. So he's just like that. Yeah, he's just. You just like he's one of those people. It's like you are going to stab me in the back at any point. I bet John was about ready to bring mm-hmm. up the quote of, of his that I really love. Go ahead, John. What's the quote? Satan <laughs> says, uh, he's quote, he's referencing his wife and child who are show up at the beginning of the game and are never relevant again. Yep. <laughs> but he says, um, my wife says that I talk too much. <laughs> However, I do not think that I talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> and, was, and thinking about that, thinking about that, the, only, the one thing that popped to mind when I remember that line was like, man, that's something John would say. Fuck you. It just just struck me as a John thing. I do not think I talk too much. It just strikes me as you, though. I'm not saying the The whole character... I'm not saying the whole character reminds me of you, but that it just sounds like something you would say. God. There's a bit where he's in a church with, like, Maria and Ellie, like, hey... Like walking him around, not maybe not Maria. It was um the other character. It doesn't matter. Marjorie, um, Marjorie, who's like, and this is the holy church where I've lived my whole life. Here are the paintings <laughs> that, that we've studied. And then Satan is like, I've got thoughts on these paintings. Hmm. <laughs> and let me explain them to everybody. I've just seen them for the first time. And in a way, I admire that about him because I think that's the kind of feeling I'm supposed to get. Is like. God, you! I'm supposed to not like this guy, right? And he's doing a real good job of it. <laughs> and then he's the one that gets the cool sword in the right? back house. Right, he is, of course. Like, yeah, well, I've, I've been holding off on using my true power this whole game, this whole journey, but now it's time. I have to pull out my legendary blade. Rah, rah, now I'm kidding for three times stronger. It's what? like, fuck you. While, you, while cool... you were studying paintings in a monastery, I was studying the blade. <laughs> Nothing about you is cool. Fuck off. <laughs> I hate how they try to present him as old, too, when he's literally only 29. <laughs> I bet you. Did, I bet you didn't think Saitan was only twenty nine years old, but they try to paint him as being like this older gentleman when he's literally only twenty nine. That's like a ton of Japanese games. I know, but just thinking, like I, I was just thinking about how he's written and how he's supposed to have this kind of old timey yeah. feel to him, and the people that he hangs around with, like uh, Sigurd uh, and people like that, who all come off as being really old people. The way they talk and the way they reminisce about old times, but the mm-hmm. dude's literally twenty nine. Oh my god, I forgot about Melchior and Balthasar and Gaspar. Yeah, those three. <laughs> what? The three, the three sages. There's so much. There's a lot going on yeah, in Zenobius. They're, they're, they're just also named after the the Bible. Yeah, Bible sages. Of course, I mean, just, just just like Ava. Just like Ava and Yaya. Look, there's a lot you can you can compare here, and I don't I don't th- and I think that they wore that. I was influence. gonna say just like Chrono Trigger, but well, okay. There's... I know, but every I know that, but everybody compares this game to Ava, even though it sounds like it doesn't actually kind of do the same thing no not like it there are yeah, similarities I... but i think that you can trace a lot of that back to like evangelion precursor like idion or something where like those mm-hmm. those like that like evangelion didn't invent this whole idea of traumatized mechs and stuff and drama and being framed this way and looking at depression and mental issues in the same way like it but but it's uh uh um 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 
There's an oh yeah, there's another Saitan. What? Don't worry. Don't worry. What do you mean? He's just not named Saitan. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> You'll know. Right, whatever. You'll know. Oh. You mean in Xenosaga? I finished the game. Oh, okay, in Xenosaga. Okay, I thought you meant in in fucking Xenogears. No. Um, a, a spiritual successor, I guess, is what she means. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the best part about disc two being unfinished is that the parts that they don't do are the parts that don't matter. <laughs> yeah, like because it's just like have... it's it, like yeah, this could have been like a boring ninety-minute dungeon. Why do you want it to be? Now it's a three-paragraph summary of a ninety-minute dungeon, and then the actual <laughs> boss fight and story stuff. Yeah, this like, is nice. It's just like the last time I played that game, I got to those portions and thought. This doesn't feel as bad as I think people make it out to be. Like, I think that, like, I think a lot of the dungeon design in this game is not super wonderful. It's kind of a little too mazy for its own good at times. Um, so not having to do another 90-minute dungeon. And a lot of slow fights. Yeah, there's a lot of slow fights. Look, Xenogears well, is a hard game to love, and I still love it. <laughs> I uh, Spoilers, I do too. Um, and... I just chewed through that game. I just chewed through it, y'all. It was so yep. fucking fun, and I got all the way, yeah. all the way to the end, and I got to the final boss and got my ass kicked. Oh yep, yep. And then I was like, oh fuck, I was so close. <laughs> like that last boss can be such a momentum killer because the same fucking thing happened to me back in 1998. I got to that final boss and I got <laughs> stonewalled. I tried for like two days trying to do it, and then like. Um, I got, I, I, I got in from school one day and it was just like talking to a friend on the phone and I'm just like, I'm just going to fire this up and play while we're talking. And I just accidentally beat the boss <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. The secret is to just not give a fuck. God, that's funny. Um, I, I complained on Twitter and had five friends send me yeah. in-depth tips on you had, win. You are not wanted for three hours. And then I came back and completely decimated the boss. Yeah. And then I came back the next day and was like, can I beat this without doing the support fights? And then I did easily. Yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, this is, this. you can break this if you want. Yeah. Which was pleasing. I came so close in the end, and there's there's that underground bonus area. It's like the one optional area in oh. the game. Oh, yeah. Um, and I found, I got to the room with the Emerelda <gasps> plotline, but because oh. the game had automatically switched in Bart, yeah. I didn't have her in my party. And I always had her in my party otherwise. But you just have to stand in this in this specific room with her and your party, and that yeah. triggers the scene. And that triggers a cutscene. But uh, yeah, the game had swapped her out. It's a good out. fucking cutscene. Oh, huh? it's so uh, it's one of the cooler fucking moments in the game. Yup. Um. Uh. So I think the big thing that connected with me near the end of this game is that I just really, really, really started vibing with um, Ellie and Faye's romance. Yeah. It it's... just. It just. Got its, yeah. got its nails in me. Yep. It's a damn well-written um, love story, which makes sense, seeing as this game was written by an actual married couple. Yeah, it feels like that. I, I was worried I was projecting that, but I really think it just feels like it was written by two fucking adults. Who, yeah. <laughs> um, and two fucking adults. Hey, Because <laughs> there's actual sex in this game. Hey, it's somebody like gets the fuck! Like, a lot of people get the fuck in this game. I know. 
Um, it feels it feels mature in a lot of it feels mature in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, the I I think you can make a lot of criticisms on how the how a lot of the gender stuff plays oh, yeah, out for sure. Um, there's there's a particularly dire bit where Faye is just like, oh god. Now I need you to I need you to stay back here so that you can be my safe place for when I return from the war. And she's like, okay. Ugh, yeah. We have, us women need to stay here so that we can protect the homestead. Yeah. Doesn't feel and, good. And that's like the last time you get to play as Ellie. Yep. Also. Yep. Um, and I thought that because I, because I did peek at a guide for, um, for one of the dungeon puzzles right before that. Mm -hmm. And I saw <laughs> unequip Ellie. And I was like, what? What? No. The way that's no. worded is, so amazing though yeah it could mean anything ellie will be leaving yep. the stage and then, for the entire rest of the game yes the rest of the game and i was like and then so i thought watching that scene that this was going to be the justification for her being the rest of the game but no no she's gone for one scene and then she swoops in to save everybody and then gets kidnapped so that she can be rescued and that's why she's gone for and that's why she's gone and that's much better obviously <laughs> Um, so aside from, there is, there is some, there is some garbage. Um, yeah. I think that for me, the big takeaway was with the romance was that I did not feel like Ellie was just written as a man stand in for ideal woman romance. Yeah, basically. exactly. Which She's is... not just a trophy to be had. No. Um, which is like I I don't get that vibe from like Renoa. I don't even get that vibe from Eris. Really. No, no. Um, mm -hmm. Where these are they feel like th these are romances from the man's perspective and maybe isn't super reflective in a lot in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, and I I feel like again I feel worried that I'm projecting because I knew like hey this game was written by a couple, <clears throat> but this felt a lot more even handed. Um, there are large chunks of disc two that are told specifically from Ellie's perspective, mm -hmm. in, including her internal monologue. Um, the conflicts she has are given a lot of weight throughout disc one. Like, hey, she, because of experimental military drugs, went um, berserk and killed people that she knew. Yeah. And, and you have to kind of trudge through that. You get into her head about uh -huh. how that's fucked her up. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And El and Faye, Faye is there the whole time. They have their first encounter is Ellie threatening to kill Faye, and then Faye's like, "Well, fucking do it! Fucking do it! Let's do Shoot this! <laughs> Let's go! Pull the trigger!" <laughs> and it's like, "Holy shit!" And she's like, "You're a coward! Right? You're a coward!" And he's like, well, "You're a coward! You won't shoot me!" <clears throat> we met in the mists of the morning. <laughs> um. And the way that progresses and develops and the way that it turns into, like, Ellie having to face down, like, oh, shit, my country is evil. Yeah. Um, and then dealing with her parent drama, which is, Ooh, like... Ooh, that's, that's tricky which shit, is too. a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a, the child of an illicit affair with this other person, and Whoops. I have to deal with that, and I have baggage about that. Whoops. And I just kind of go through it step by step um i'm i'm talking a long time I, I i feel like this is this has been fun is this okay <laughs> i'm i'm here for it 
Like, we're never going to get to do a Xenogear spoiler cast, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and so when it gets to... When they... When it gets to the point where they are like, you are the love of my life, uh, the... I feel supreme bliss when I am in the embrace of the man that I love. <laughs> when it gets to that point, I'm just like, yes, I'm fucking here for a girl. I get it. Yeah. Like, like they take um, their time getting there. Um, like, we say that a lot. Like, you earned that moment. And, like, this game spends mm-hmm. the time to get there. Um, like, like, like when, when, when these big feelings need to start coming out or when characters kind of have these big realizations and need to act on them, they feel honest. They came to them in a very... Uh, uh, they, 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 they came together in a very honest and mature way. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Faye flashbacks are, inter- are fascinating because he has amnesia at the start of the game. Mm-hmm. And you keep getting these flashbacks to, like, different moments from his past before that. And as it plays out, they're, like, weird and honestly, like, kind of contradictory, mm-hmm. <laughs> the backstory bits. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hmm, this is weird. Um, spoiler cast. Um, <laughs> but, like, you get to the end, and it's flashing back to these different reincarnations of Faye and Ellie throughout time and all the ways their romance has ended in tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> Including, and then that, that ties in with Emerelda's story. Yep. Um, that ties in with a bunch of the villains. It ties in with the overall arc of the game. And it builds out in a way that does not insist on it overtly. And though, and then the way it ties in with it, with um, Faye's ultimate conclu- uh, psychological breakthrough, which felt so fucking oh, yeah. under the microscope real <sighs> shit. Man, like, 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 when I played this game in 1998, like, uh, this game is mm-hmm. kind of formative for me, uh, and why I hold it so dear is that I'd not played a game, um, that deep dived into the psyche and was kind of giving words to certain feelings or certain situations, um, and, and, and things of this nature, uh, I'd never played a game like that before, uh, and that's the reason this game kind of stuck with me in the way that it has, is because it was very formative in me kind of coming to understand um, a lot of things sort of about myself, the world, things that I'd never been able to put words to before suddenly kind of had words that I could put to them, and they came from this place that I was not expecting at all. You know, fucking video game about giant robots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, the, the big breakthrough moment mm-hmm. in this game is Faye realizing my mom abused me a bunch, and it sucked, and it yep. messed me up, but uh. she also loved me, and I have to face that. Yep. <laughs> I have to understand those two contradictory you have things. To re- like he has to reconcile this. Like, you can't move forward unless you fucking deal with it. Like, this is the thing like, that is so holding angry. you back from, from from progressing as a person. This is the thing. You've got to fucking find a way to pull through this. Mm-hmm. This game basically turns into the Trails 3rd climax yep. at the it end. It literally does. But because uh, Falcom has... Falcom is Falcom. They build to it, like, very precisely and yes. deliberately where you understand exactly what's happening every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, Xenogears is a lot looser. Yep. Um, it's a little sloppy. And in, a, a much sloppier. 
And in some ways, I think that makes for a stronger effect. Mm-hmm. Where it's where because it, dealing it, with this it, shit it is not you, pretty. Yeah, it lets you hit the shit more indirectly. Yeah, um, and I I really vibe with that. And that's I feel like that is a pretty glowing comparison because I've had some very nice words to say about Trails Third. Yeah, yeah, Trails Third. Might you might you might say we like that video game around these parts. Mm-hmm. So comparing well, it positively is probably a good thing. Yeah, that's still my favorite Falcom game. Yeah. Um, and boy, howdy, did Trails in the Sky pull a lot from Xenogears, huh? Man, you, you don't realize it until you're kind of staring it in the face years later. And it's like, wow, they really mm-hmm. did, huh? Yeah, like the... Oh, it's a little girl with a mech. That's cool. That's just like Trails, Trails in the Sky. Hey. <laughs> oh, they... they Oh, buried deep child abuse backstory. Oh, oh boy. Wow, we're doing this now. Oh, we're oh, going this there. From here, huh? Oh. Um, yeah, it's, 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 Faye's <laughs> poor backstory is just like the, the, the hardest parts of Trails are just like mushed together yeah. into one yeah. broken dude. Yeah. And like, and like, we're not, we, 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 we haven't even touched on Car and Ramses and how fucking raw of a deal he got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God. Um, so when it gets to the end, and there's a big, fat final dungeon and a big, fat final boss fight, so at the time where they did kind of need that, they yep. go for it. They spent the time for it. Who gives a shit that they missed all the a bunch of incidental dungeons and saved 10 hours of my life? I don't feel <laughs> bad about that. I feel, like, I feel like Chrono Cross is a game that's, like, way more painfully unfinished. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um, this is, this is only, this is complete, this is finished in the ways that matter to me. I feel the need um, to remind I people mean, that Xenogears was the pitch for Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. And it was, a, and it was, a, wasn't, when did they also consider making it a Chrono Trigger 2? Yep. This was um, also considered to be a Chrono Trigger 2 at one point, but they originally pitched this as Final yeah. Fantasy VII. Imagine the world <laughs> we would live in if this was oh Final Fantasy God. VII. That's so fucking juicy. I love that so much of this was developed concurrently with 7 too, because yeah. it's like, what other game was doing this kind of psychological shit at the time? Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 7. Yeah. Oh, you... I mean, there are a lot of the same creatives, like Kato's and both. Um, but... Tato. Um, so, so when they get to the end, after all of that shit, after everybody in the world, including all of the incidental characters, has like trauma they're entangling most of which has to do with their parents and you realize that all of these big institutions are fucking twisted and corrupted beyond belief and basically need to be torn down and then you realize that the entire foundation of humanity itself is twisted and warped and ugly and something you need to confront um it's like it's just trauma untangling the game and the reincarnation stuff feels like it's not just this one guy's trauma. It is facing down the, the scars in the whole world. Yeah, like, it's this shit um, gets passed down. Like, it doesn't, you, you, you don't necessarily, yeah. like, it doesn't stop until you, it's actually confronted. Like, and, and then I think that in that sense, this is a game that's teaching a very, very good lesson. Yeah, I think it's a very non-conservative game in a lot of ways. Oh yeah, for sure. I feel like it's a very, it's got a lot of good radical energy, 
Um, even with the shitty gender stuff, along with a lot of other issues, like yeah. nothing's perfect in that respect. Um, but it, it just it, it sticks the landing on that stuff, and then the ending is so deeply romantic and so deeply yeah. sappy in a way I completely <laughs> vibe with. Yeah, it's like God yelling at them. Well, you think that your love is more powerful than God and face like, yes, yes, I, I do. We don't need God if we can be with each other. That's what matters. I was like, fuck yeah, man. I feel you. I get you. It's real good. I'm laughing so uh, much because they just directly lift that in Symphony. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Perfect. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Oh my god, I fucking love it. Um, oh my god, all the Oedipal shit in this game where the spirit that possessed his mom is the same spirit that possessed his wife is the same spirit he flies into a mech to kill. Oh my end. god! <laughs> <laughs> gotta fly into fly, gotta fly into space to save my wife mom and kill my and kill my other mom <laughs> <laughs> and kill God. Because <laughs> that's the and, most important part. No wait, that's just Ava at this point, though. Yeah, basically. It... <laughs> There's so much. There's so much good shit there. It's so. It's so fucking messy. Um, all, I, honestly, like as as ugly as parts of it got, like the gender shit in this game was just a delight for me to poke through. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is juicy. <laughs> <laughs> Everything with Miang, holy shit! Oh god, that, that woman. There's so much going on. <laughs> so much going on with her and then they play the big um sappy romance number at the end that i've been looping it all week yeah <laughs> um, i think i think a big part of it also is that like the last 10 hours of this game were right after my very romantic valentine's getaway well there you go and then i get back and then i played through the end of this game and the night after i finished this i woke up at 4 30 in the morning <laughs> After, like, a weird romantic dream, and I felt, like, this most intense sense of nostalgia and loss and romantic yearning. <laughs> oh, my God. I, like, had ever felt. Not, not ever felt, but it was just, like, and I couldn't get back to sleep, and I was just luxuriating that for, like, an hour. And I was just <laughs> like, what the fuck was that game? What happened? <laughs> So I think that I think a lot of it um, was just having that very romantic getaway, mm -hmm. um, and then then going straight into this and just into the very romantic video game. But it was a, God. it was a it was a potent cocktail. You got you hit that that game hit you at the right fucking time. After it hit me at exactly the wrong time, over and over and over and over. Yeah, it finally <laughs> found its moment. Fifteen to twenty hours. It was exactly the right time. I needed Xeno Gears. Um, <laughs> And I'm like, I, I think the next time I revisit this one, I'm going to be in a much better headspace for it because I know it's going somewhere. For sure, yeah. for sure, um, yeah. And Xeno, and Xeno, honestly, Xenoblade had like a 15-hour chunk I didn't like that much. Like there's a there's the, it's it's actually oh, like the exact same hours of the game. <laughs> was like hour 10 to hour 25, Xenoblade just turns into like, it almost feels like a Tales game basically. Or it's yeah, just like completely that fucking game have a prison plant? Doesn't that game have a fucking prison island too? Yeah, that's the arc. Yes. Oh no, games! We can't do prison arcs. Please stop. 
<laughs> and you, and you get to the end and they like do this really long flash forward like this is how the arc's going to end and then they flash forward a couple more times like hey just a reminder this is how the arc's going to end and then they you just plod through 15 hours waiting to get to the <laughs> thing and then you can just watch it play out cuz they already told you how it's going to happen yeah um, that that was when so I like, first took then... my year off of Xenoblade. <laughs> Once I finished that, I went, okay, we're resting for a bit. And then twenty five more hours of just being fucking fantastic. Um, but but the but I'll tell you something. The romance in Xenoblade didn't hit as hard as this one, mm. and the psychological shit didn't hit as hard as this one because there was no psychological shit. It was just using the power of the Mavado to change your destiny <laughs> for fifty hours. <laughs> I will agree the romance in Xenoblade is a much is... dumber game. Listen. Go ahead. It's okay I mean, to be I, dumb. I, I, dumb is not an insult I, on this podcast. No, I just think Xenoblade obviously did not lean into the romance no, as much. No, no, it, it's it was, not a romantic it was a game. Secondary thing. No. Yeah. And does and sorry, right, does, but does Xenoblade have a bunch of really fucking weird edible shit? No. It does I mean, not. No. That's not a trick question. It doesn't. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think it it does not have a section where you are flashing back at length to <laughs> Oh god, I was a beaut and I've got these different personalities which are also cut across my various reincarnated selves, who are also my dad, who is also <laughs> these two characters. I'm somehow my own grandpa. It's weird. I'm my own <laughs> <laughs> So I understand now um people coming across um people playing xenoblade and um being like well this is you know this isn't this is what i loved about xeno gears i'm like i get it but also 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 lewis is saying xenoblade isn't that impressive and xenoblade is extremely impressive it's extremely good it's my it's like my favorite brandon sanderson jrpg (laughs) it's so fucking fun and it's so and like i said it just goes so i completely I really loved Xenoblade, and I really liked this game a lot, and I really connected with it on a fucked up level. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'm extremely here for the other games in the Xeno series. I'm very here for more Xenoblade. I'm very here for more for Xenosaga, and I'm very I'm kind of rubbing my hands together, just like "Mm, yay. As the resident Xenosaga fan. I applaud this because, like, mm-hmm. I, yep, more people need to play those video games, and boy, somebody needs to re-release those games so more people can play those games because they're getting very difficult to find now. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like the 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 narrative with Xeno Gears is that it was unfinished, and I got to the end, and it it was a socks cast climax, and I'm like, yeah. The the final boss yeah. is so dope, by the way. With, oh, like, the way God, it's yeah. There's four different bosses hovering around the final boss, and you can kill as many as you want. And every one that you kill takes away an attack from the final boss. Yep, it's so cool. It also nice. lowers its but max you... HP. <clears throat> yep, and you can um switch between all your different characters before each one each fight. Yeah, so you can you can either have your one superpower team of three people and fight the boss right away, or you can switch between your characters and conserve resources because fuel is like precious and there's one um, boss it's very and... specifically just hey i drain fuel and that is all i do oh no mm-hmm. yep yep it's and good. you can't combo this boss either it just stays on the ground you can only use one hit one hit attacks against it oh it's so dope <clears throat> oh it's so dope um i 
I've just, I had a lot of feelings all week about Xenogears. I've stretched them across like every social media platform I could. So it wasn't overwhelming to any one group of friends. (laughs) Yeah. And your Facebook friends seem to just ignore it entirely. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Facebook friends did not care about my Xenogears. Imagine your friends care. Imagine your Facebook friends caring more about your relationship posts than your post about (laughs) about Xenogears. (laughs) I did post one bait post on there that was um, name a more romantic video game ending. I oh, saw man. that. I saw that. <laughs> and someone responded, uh, Final Fantasy uh, 8. Final Fantasy 8. Oh, really? Eyes on me. Oh my god, get out of my face. That's like, <laughs> my, I, on, I, on Twitter that would I, be I, the joke answer. I, I, y'all, I respect Final Fantasy 8 stands. I respect Chrono Cross fans stands. I think that we need all of this <laughs> to make a balanced, good universe. And I think if any one of them fell out of balance, then things would it would be catastrophic. So even if we may not personally understand the Final Fantasy VIII fans, we can still love and respect them. And that's my that's my take. Um, and they should respect the Xenogears fans. They don't most of the time. No, they don't. <sighs> But does Xenogears fans respect anybody, Polly, for the most part? Nah, nah, nah. Like, Xenogears fans, they don't, they barely respect themselves. Uh, Yeah. They really, they they really, they hate Xenosaga fans, like, with a passion. Um, Yeah, that's the experience in my mentions. Jesus Christ. Like, these people are just, yeah, they're off the, they're, they're off their nut. (laughs) Oh, I just saw a mention that was um, somebody who's in the thick of the worst part in the sewers, and they're like definitely starting to wonder why I decided to play Xenogears again. Oh yeah, I'm like yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I I feel like I could just keep gut. I feel like I I wanted to get across that this is fucked up. Is is a fucked up and boring game for large stretches of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it makes yeah. sense to not like it or want to play it. I get that. Like, these uh, are not... Like, Xenogears and Xenosaga are not games that I recommend to everybody. They are personal, dear favorites of mine, but they are not games that if you ask me to throw somebody recommendations, they're not the first that I'm going to throw to you unless I know that you are the type of person that is going to enjoy this kind of experience. Mm-hmm. And you trusted. You, you, you felt that. Right. For John. For old John. For old John. And I and I, fig- I figured it out. Um... And it just entail. Boy, I'm really glad I played this now, not two years ago. Oh God! Oh, oh, oh no! That would have been terrible. That would have been a very bad move. You got mad at Shovel Knight, Plague of Shadows. He got mad at the happy. He got fucking... mad at the happy couple in East Eight. Oh yeah. <laughs> this fucking bullshit. They think their love is stronger than God. Love isn't strong enough to beat anything. <laughs> Love is stupid. This is stupid. But to kind of wind down, to kind of wind down Xenogears. Yeah, I'm wrapping up. Okay, it sounded like that this really, like, landed in the way that I was hoping it would land and kind of knew that it would land. It just kind of needed that it's time to get there. (laughs) See, I did not know because (laughs) I've had 20 years of I do not trust in in Xenogears. Because I dropped it and just never looked back and everybody told me just 2 was unfinished. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, they really just oversold that because yeah. Yeah, I, I really thought I was just going to have like a Chrono Cross tier experience in the end, and the, it just is so much thing, better than that. 
the thing I've always heard is, oh, just two's a visual novel, and I'm only now am I realizing, but wait, visual novels visual are good. Visual novels are rad! Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? The worst part of that game was the JRPG. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> ah, pretty much. It's still it's still better at being a JRPG because there's, like, a yeah. bunch of good, like, roadblock boss fights, I think. Oh, God, um, yeah. Like, there's and, some super and, crunchy boss fights in this game. Yeah, as long as you're doing shit that matters, mm-hmm. not prison, prison arc. Yeah. No, the, the, random, like, the dungeons yeah. themselves are boring. Because yeah. the random encounters don't do anything because you get you can buy full either restoring items like for cheap very yeah. early on. Fifty so gold no dungeons. You can us. get you can buy items that only cost fifty gold that re, that, that, that 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 give every character their HP and EP back after every fight. You like, oh it works God. it's just a tent <laughs> you can use everywhere. For fifty, I think they mispriced it in the game, and they just didn't fix it. Mm-hmm. I think those were supposed to be five hundred, and they they're only fifty, and you can buy them right in Lahan Village, right at the Xenogears start of the game. Yeah, Xenogears remaster, and that's the only thing they changed. They changed. They make them five hundred. Uh, they make them five hundred <laughs> gold, and then suddenly, so the oh game god, is actually way grindier now. And now we hate the game. And then they have tents that cost 150 gold. Yeah, the tents are 150 gold, so you, and you have and, to but use, you can them, only at use them at save points. <laughs> okay, yeah, so it's exactly busted. the same deal. Yeah, it's, it's... so busted. <laughs> so yeah, the JRPG, the, the 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 there are some locations that are cool, and there are a lot of boss fights that are cool. The dungeons are nothing. Yeah, and the, and the dungeons are the main thing that go in that disc. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's not it's the most ple- it's the most like goes down smooth. <laughs> budget issues I can think of. Yeah. In a game. Yeah. They're budget issues that I've grown to just be completely 100% fine with over the years. Because the game would probably be worse. Yeah, it would. Them. It would. You'd have more fucking dungeons. It would be 80 hours instead of 50 to 60. Oh, God. <laughs> so maybe it was for the best. Maybe. This is like the second longest um, PS1 RPG on how long to beat, by the way. It's like 56 hours. And like, and like Dragon Quest Seven, I imagine, is the longest. Or, that's the only one longer? Yeah, that's what I thought. <sighs> I'm done. All right. Thank y'all. We appreciate that. About this we got to so let much. that happen yeah. every now Rhett. and again, I think. Yeah. Rhett, Rhett, pull us out. What do you got? What's hey. Hey, you. Hey, how's it going? You awake over there? I know we just spent <laughs> I know we just spent four hours talking about an RPG that that was on your worst games ever list. I was that's literally what I was looking for on the website is so how long did I know Pollux? I think we did those in two thousand eight. So we've been knowing each other seven years mm-hmm. at that point. And then I probably hadn't mentioned Xeno Gears because I just, you know, I stopped playing. Yeah, it I yeah. Like, you. I would have known that you didn't like that game at some point, I would think. But seeing it that high, like, on your list at that position blew me fucking away. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, wow. Well, the thing is, I I remembered this because I vividly, I, I can just recall details from this shit. Uh-huh. Picture perfect. I remember number two, worst game of all time, Polly. I think was Xeno Saga, Saga episode two. Episode two. Oh. <laughs> and at the start of, and at the top of that entry, you said I was I was either going to put this or the original Xeno Gears here. I don't know what it was. Wait, I put I think it was a coin flip. What? what? Was, did you have a hater phase, Polly? Did I? I don't. That doesn't sound like me. Wait. Hmm. I think I'm, I okay. Xeno maybe had a hater phase. Wait. Wow, John is right. What number three on number three on Polly's top ten worst of all time is 
is Xenosaga Episode 2. Yeah. But the wording is, I was really torn between putting this or the original Xenogears here. Huh. Why did I write that? How high was I? Xenogears itself isn't a horrible game. It's just insanely frustrating for a lot of stupid reasons. Okay, that True. makes sense. It's I would write by that. bad gameplay design and what looks to be like a case of, whoops, there goes the budget near the end. Xenogears fanboys will be quick to tell me that it's just trying to be artsy-fartsy, but fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> complaining about gear-based dungeons, complaining about long cutscenes. You had a lot of little Xenogears frustrations, actually, that you listed here. Oh, boy. All and right, let's just close fair. that tab. We're going to close that tab. <laughs> closing that close the tab on polly's hater face right we're closing that we're gonna go over to this is filezilla amazing. we're gonna go over to filezilla we're going to <laughs> we're going to go to the uh, www we're gonna go to the xml folder i'm gonna go in here we're gonna save this page so that polly can't believe <laughs> oh there it goes it's on my computer forever god damn it nothing ever hey, don't worry archive.org is already has <laughs> yeah this site's been around for 15 years and i just re-upped it for two years so they have it i think that this is back when i think that this is really kind of back when i was thinking of that list in terms of like disappointing know, mechanically and disappointing oh. yeah like yeah. i was looking at video games in a very video gamey way for that list mm -hmm. So. Specifically, the wording though about artsy fartsy is amazing. That's given the conversation you literally just had with. Oh man, man! So, you... so the actual reaction to me putting Xenogears on my list is probably nothing because you almost put it on yours. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> you also put Saga Frontier on the list and Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, oh me, yeah. The only one you didn't put it. The, the only ones of the the only um classic bad Square PS One game you didn't include was Chrono Cross. Chrono Cross was spared and he never, played, I never it. played it. I literally mm -hmm. saw my college roommate playing it, and they were on the final boss and whatever you know, Shala Lavos thing you fight. Yeah, end, and I was just like, fucking whatever. <laughs> I just didn't stupid. care. <laughs> That's literally the Obviously only part of the game I saw it... was the final boss. Obviously, you need to play. it Obviously, you need to play it because Xenogears was the last bad one I hadn't played, and it was the one I liked of the three. There you go. So obviously, you need to play Chrono Cross, and you will become you can be the no, you'll be the Chrono Cross guy. Like all fifty of these characters yeah, that you're not going to care about at all. <laughs> it's great. It's got more characters. That means it's more better. I remember counting those lists, and Chrono Cross appeared on the most. So it was the kind of unofficial. The unofficial. Oh. To make people sexy. Worst game of all time. Ooh. <laughs> I feel ruffle. like that would have been the easiest one for me to love when I was like 16, and now it is the hardest of the three for me to love. Oof. That's wild. Yeah, I, I can definitely see uh, Xenogears being the one you can appreciate when you're older. Mm. I think, mm. yeah, okay, anyway. Moving on from this terrible Continue. course of history. <laughs> Red! <laughs> I am just astounded at John remembering this knife to give Polly. Wow. <laughs> Yep, that happened. What a what an amazing like. Why do you man don't leave paper trails? God damn. <laughs> Our websites are well. Luckily, I don't have. Luckily, I don't have any embarrassing. No, certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> None whatsoever. 
Metroid <laughs> Other M review. These like these lists are so a moment in time yeah, that it's for sure. so interesting to go back and see something like that because I know but that one that one in particular is just kind of like how high was I? That one is funny because it's still fairly removed from the original release of Xenogears that you're like eight years later, you're like, no, fuck it. <laughs> so for you to, to have softened, you know, so much over the time since then right. is interesting without remembering. Putting... I think, again, a lot of that That's hatred is just a lot of that hatred is literally just from the fact a lot of that game feels bad to play, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've been playing Omori this week, mm-hmm. and I and I kind of complained about the JRPG being a little basic in it towards the start. Mm-hmm. And John just goes, "Feels ten thousand times better to play than Xenogears." Oh, oh! <laughs> Rhett's coming up. Rhett's coming to Omori off of fucking Ease Nine, like yeah. sloppy Falcom game, and I'm going into it after Xenogears, and I'm like, "Oh my god, it feels like Earthbound. This is so fast. This is just like." <laughs> God, yes! Thank you! Slow-ass, labored gear animations are so uh, good. Like, I love it when they put you underwater, uh, and it's even slower! Watching a 15-second death blow animation for every attack. Every time! Oh and you know they can speed them up, because when you use the combo ability, it plays them at three times speed. Oh my god. <sighs> If I played Xenogears, it would have to be on an emulator with a significant <laughs> fast-forward function. Uh, okay, Rhett. Okay, I played, just to get on with it, just I played Super Mario on. 3D World. Hey, I played the first Woo! world of this! Uh, speaking of video games like that are game. snappy and responsive and feel good to play, this is one of them. Yes, it is! Oh, uh, yep. But especially, John, they've sped this game up like 20% this from This game is, feels original. so different. See, Polly's the only one that has actually dabbled in both. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, this just feels very, very good to play. And Polly's like, yeah, it's way faster. Yeah, this is... Having played the original to a degree and having played uh, also the, D- the 3DS game, like, this mm-hmm. game is way faster and it feels really good because of it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, just, I don't dislike that. Even though I thought the original game felt great, I'm mm-hmm. here for the game just being mm-hmm. faster. <laughs> it's weird because I think I the because he's the fastest. I see. So yeah, I I started with Mario and I was like, yeah, this feels pretty good. And I started using Toad. And it was just like, Jesus Christ, he is this boy's out of control. I love it. <laughs> also, I think the cat suit feels the the least creepy on Toad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because Toad isn't really human, you know, he's a Toad. Yeah. Mario, on on all fours, walking around his cat, is, like, deeply disturbing to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I played virtually the entire game as Toad, including uh, the final level that I beat last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't really think I have a whole lot to say about this game. It's just, hey, they have kind of perfected what they were going for with 3D Land, which is... 2D Mario in 3D. Yeah, like this is that stopgap that you would that I was expecting between like Super Mario World and Super Mario 64. They kind of made that mm-hmm. retroactively after the fact. Yeah. Um 
And I played the but first like, world and already know that it's like, oh, yeah, this is going to be fantastic. This game is going to be on Game of the Year lists. Like, it's it's very fucking good. Yeah. It's just like, I think they couldn't have made this game on the N64 just because of how far, like, responsiveness and controls yeah. and stuff. Like, yeah. The way the camera in this works by basically giving you only, like, these 45-degree angles, like... Because Mario 64 is built around, hey, analog sticks. Yeah. They weren't yeah. a thing before this game. Yeah. And now they are. So, like, mm-hmm. and the camera in that game obviously has not exactly held up. No, not at all. To the test of time, having just replayed it on the collection. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it is weird being like, Plus, hey. Um, it... Yeah. Uh, 64 just, the, the way, I think they built it, part of the reason they built it the way they did is that they built these environments and then they reuse them a bunch you have a bunch of different challenges oh the yeah the nature of 3d world means that you have like a hundred something stages and that's just i don't know how practical that would have been to build on the n64 yeah like that that yeah like you just i don't think that you're gonna have the capability of doing that yeah building levels in 3d like that's the way zelda is the way it is too because they were just like how do we reuse the entire map again yeah yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Mario was just like, hey, what if we make you do each level seven times? Because <laughs> these are taking us forever to make because 3D is new. Yeah. This is so fucking hard. Can we please reuse this? Yeah. <laughs> See, so, yeah, like, I don't have a ton of complaints about this game. It just does what it does, like, basically perfectly. Yeah, like, it is functioning on the, like, a level of Mario that is just kind of near perfect. It's doing exactly yeah. what it needs to do. Like, the complaints are, like, there's sometimes where it feels like it doesn't gain a whole lot from being in 3D. So, like, if you accidentally press down a little bit, you just jump off the level and die. Yeah, that can, that can feel real bad <laughs> in games where that happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's some parts in Champions Road where it's like, oh, I accidentally, like, the, during the swimming section, I actually pressed down and just swam out of it towards the camera and just died. It's like, oh, right. Like, because in Galaxy, it would probably just lock you to, yeah, it would, you know, yeah. access. And in this, it, it never does. Mm-hmm. And it just lets you fucking fly off the level. Yeah, games where uh, that happen, it always feels really bad. Yeah. But you get you get used to it because your movement in this is actually kind of locked to 45 yeah. degrees. Yeah. Um, there's one thing in this game that kind of drives me nuts, though. Oh, and that is the obsession with collectibles. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's a thing that 3D World or 3D Land did as well, and I didn't obsess about it in that game. I just got most of them and then ended up stopping. Yeah, and I might actually go back to it later mm-hmm. now that it's been like a year, and I could be like, oh, all new levels again. So this game has a level called Champions Road at the end. Yeah, and to and to <laughs> unlock it, you have to do fucking everything. Yeah, you have to get every stamp. You have to touch the top of every flagpole, and you have to get three green stars in every single level. Yeah, and the problem with that is you don't have. That, yeah, you don't you don't have to touch the top of the flagpole with every character, which is oh, required to get fucking god uh, some some stamps. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. continue. Yeah, that's the one thing they don't make you do. One, you have to do everything available up until World Crown, and then once you unlock World Crown, it goes. Oh, by the way, now there's a requirement for every character in every level, which is fucking insane. God. And the the worst is looking at forums from 2014, and people aren't sure if you have to do every level with every character to unlock it or not. Holy shit! Uh, You do not. Thank God. 
But anyways, the requirements for that level are so steep that it's something I thought about the entire game, and that kind of sucked. Yeah, like, I can feel that weighing on you the whole time, because it's just like, you're always constantly going to be looking like, am I missing something? Am I missing something? Am I missing something? And I can see that really taking away from just, like, sitting back and enjoying the level. That's... That's a whole, that's like the whole game for me is just going, I want to go really slowly, even though going fast yeah, is fun. Like that's I want to get every green coin. Kind of probably how I'm going to try and approach it is I'm, I think I'm just going to play it as fast as I want to. It's very fun to do that. Yeah. The problem is I think it's, it's also going to be a very short game if you do that, especially now with, because <laughs> I think the speed boost makes, makes you jump farther. So yeah, you it does. Yeah. You can dribble a lot. You can trivialize some parts that they didn't intend originally. Mm. But it's also very fun. Yeah. But I really wanted to get the dumb bonus level, so I sat there obsessing over every green coin oh, and like not geez. moving on until... And it's just kind of a checklist thing that kind of dragged it down yeah. a little bit the entire time for me. Even though, like, towards the end when I was like, okay, here's the levels I have left. Like, I didn't mind replaying them. Like, the game is still fun. And, like, once yeah. you get everything, it's like, okay, now I can just the end. Because I feel like, I feel like courses in this are maybe a little shorter than I would have liked. Like, they always feel like they're two-thirds of the way there or something. Mm-hmm. Like, Nintendo's view of what a Mario course is, is just kind of different from what I think they could be. Yeah. Because so many ideas mm-hmm. in this game, they feel kind of 80% developed. Mm. Like, there are so many things in this game that I, that crack me up because they show up in uh, Mario Maker, but they <laughs> like barely appear in the original game. Oh, like, that's uh, that's wild. Yeah, it's so, like I'm trying to think like those blocks that when you ground pound them, they extend and like make a whole trail of blocks. Yeah, like those aren't really mm-hmm. in this that much, or like one of the enemy types, like the the ants. Oh, are, yeah. Like, they're barely in the game, huh. but people do fucked up shit with them in Mario in, Maker. In Mario Maker, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's weird seeing these obstacles that, like, technically were in this game, but then, like, even Cat Bowser is a boss you can put in Mario Maker. And, you know, he shows up once in the game. Wow. <laughs> and he's pro- And I think Blargs are, like, an enemy in Mario Maker, and they, like, I'm not sure they actually do anything. <laughs> I'm not sure they actually exist in this game besides as a background decoration. Jeez. Like, like those are the lava monsters that jump out of lava. Yeah, like yeah. You, you can place them as obstacles in Mario Maker, but I don't think they actually show up as an enemy in this game. Weird. So it's it's just kind of what I was talking about earlier about like when I played Captain Toad in Mario Maker. It's like oh, like there's this whole 3D world aesthetic, and I haven't actually played the original the game. The actual yet. game. And now, I, and now I have. Yeah. The other thing that's weird for me is that the level themes do mat do not match the world maps. Like, yeah, at all. 3D Land had this mm-hmm. issue too. Like you think it's going to after World One, and then the other levels they like deliberately tease you. Where like you get to World Two and it's a desert theme, and like the first world, the first level there is a desert, and then like none of the others are are a desert. It's like, oh look, it's an ice level. What the fuck's happening here? What happened? They just go, yeah, it's really weird. Like how del- the deliberately. They seem to not. It makes be... it feel like just a collection of levels, and maybe that could have had a little more thought put into yeah. it. It feels like That's a collection of levels. Of the game. Yeah, and some I of the themes. Together. It's like hey, and some um, of the themes are just 
they feel so underused where it's like there's one Mario Kart kind of visual level. And then there's like one uh, the the feudal Japan looking level. Right. Like there's one of those and then a remix later in the bonus worlds. Mm. And it's just funny because like, boy, it feels like you could have just built like a whole level of that. Like you could have built an entire world around a Mario yeah, Kart. Yeah, I meant world. A Mario yeah. Kart world or something. Like that would have been fun yeah. and interesting. Yeah. So a lot of the like because this game has so many ideas, some of a lot of them always feel like underutilized, under, underexplored, which is really kind of interesting. But overall, it's a very fun game, and I did get to fucking uh, <laughs> Champions Road last night. Yeah, and then I, and then I basically just sat there for four hours, banging your head against I, it. Because <laughs> well, at the very start, I'm using my, I started with Mario, and I'm like, this is fucked. There's this one part. There's this one part where you know the red and blue blocks that alternate which are tangible yeah and it's just really fast mm -hmm. so i'm like this is this is fucked I'm, I'm i'm gonna try peach and then i okay so she gets through the first section way easier because she can hover and then the red and blue block part i'm like this is even harder because <laughs> she she jumps so slow yeah these blocks are like, these blocks are like Oh man, that's fucked. I mean, they're not—they're not that fast, but it's like I can't—I cannot fucking time this at all. And so then I just was like, "Well, I played ninety-nine percent of the game as Toad. Let's just use Toad." And so I just got really good at beating it as Toad. <laughs> and then there's a part at the end that is just completely fucked. <laughs> it's just mean. <laughs> they earned the right to be that mean at that point, I think. Yeah, but again, it's I one of those things like where three hours to beat this level. Like yeah. it was, it was so. I, I took one it's break so to hard. eat, so it was probably about three and a half. Because mm. I like, I yeah. was like, "Fuck it, I'm done." And then I like tried to do something else, and I was just like, "I was like, I'm gonna play Omori for a bit." And I'm like too stressed. I'm like, I, I can't stop thinking about it. I have to fucking just beat this. I know the the dash part is the last part. I'm so close. I got two of those coins already. It's like I just five minutes too. It's not super it's, it's not long. long. It's fine. Yeah. Because that's why I looked. I glanced makes it, the video. That it takes that long, that more impressive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a very hard level. Even yeah. the very, the very start is like completely trivial by the end. But the first time you're just like, oh god, I have to go through this every time. Just get to, like, I think the difficulty kind of craters in the middle. Like, the, but the start and the end are very hard. Mm -hmm. I think I think I had um, more. Odyssey's hard... Odyssey's super level was like. 10 minutes long and it took me like 45 minutes to finish and i was like well huh. all right i think i had a harder time yeah. with that one because it was longer and i just was kind of bored yeah kind of hard to stay really... motivated yeah. to get better at something when you're just bored yeah because i think just i was the so movement... excited after 3d worlds and then i was then mm -hmm. odysseys was just like I, I really wanted that high again and i just didn't get it it was like Aww. oh I'll stop interrupting. I just remember Odyssey's being maybe a lot more you have to do it this way, whereas this felt a little more freeform because of the movement. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, it was a good time. And I beat it. And it's also not the only game that comes in this package now. Nope, it's not. Because I played Bowser's Fury. This I'm interested in. <laughs> I have not, I, I didn't touch, I haven't touched this yet. I just played through a world of the, uh, yeah. the main game was like, yep, I'm here for this. This is going to be good. So yeah. Bowser's Fury seems really cool. What is it? So I did not touch this until I had beaten 3D World mm -hmm. and like gotten to world, you know, flower or whatever towards the end. Yeah. 
So the only thing I had left was like 10 green coins. And it's just like, okay, I could mop that up or I could just play the fun new video game. I'm going to play the fun new video game for a bit. Yeah. So this is a weird thing because you know how we said that 3D World is a half step between 2D and 3D Mario? Yeah. Bowser's Fury is a half step between 3D Mario World and Super Mario Odyssey. That, huh. It's weird. It's like a half step back. Because it's 3D World, Mm -hmm. but it's 3D now. But it's actually just 3D now. Oh, that's weird. It's really weird. And, like, that's kind of why they made the movement changes and stuff to make right, both to make of them this play work. more like Odyssey. Yeah. Because you're you're faster now. You have, like, the dive and stuff. Yeah. So Bowser's Fury is weird because I've seen people look at it and take say the same thing about it and then come to different conclusions. Where some people are like, ah, yes, this is a failed experiment. That's why they're releasing it now. This is not the future of 3D Mario. And then other people look at it and go... This is the this future is the of 3D future Mario. Of 3D Mario, right? So what this is, it's basically open world Mario where all the levels exist on the field at the same time. Oh. Is kind of how I can most describe okay. it. Okay. Hmm. But the downside is that if you think of them as full levels, right. you'll be let down yeah. because they're much much smaller. Yeah. And a lot of them mm-hmm. kind of do the Mario 64 thing of being kind of vertically oriented. Yeah. So that they don't take up a ton of space right. on the overall map. Yeah. Which makes sense. So it's a lot of like, like the first one is basically just a mountain that you go up and kind of spiral around yeah. to get to the top. So it's this big map with like, I think there's like 12 kind of named obstacle courses. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I really like that, that they, I think they could expand upon is that if you, so when you be, when you uh, go to one and you, it loads up and it gives you a very obvious star or shine to get. Mm-hmm. And then if you go somewhere else and then come back to that level, it loads up a different star. Like, oh. So like every track does have three uh, shines to get. Yeah. I keep calling them different things. <laughs> so like, it's cool seeing them like you leave and then come back and it's like, oh, there's different enemy formations here. Yeah. Or like, Sometimes there's even, like, there's different platforms now. <laughs> I'm like, that's really interesting in theory, but I feel, like, a little half-baked in how they execute it. Because some of them are just like, okay, now there's a P-switch here, and when you hit it, a shine appears in some new platforms, and you have 20 seconds to get to it. Hmm. So it's like, <clears throat> 20 seconds is not very long. That is not a Mario-level length. No. It's like... So it's just these very small kind of bite-sized platforming challenges that don't feel super satisfying on their own. Yeah. And then some of them are just like, oh, you know, Chase Shadow Luigi is the character this time. (laughs) And again, you can do it in about 20 seconds. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just... So like, because like Bowser's Fury is like a six-hour game to 100%, and there's 100 shines. They they, they come pretty damn fast. Mm-hmm. Like one of the main levels is Sorry, just Mario like Odyssey pacing. It it gets way too close to that for me. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, but like conceptually, I think there is still definitely still something here of just make more f- of a focus on level design than I think Odyssey had. Where Odyssey was a little too focused on like the theming of the levels in the open space. Yeah. Whereas this is just like okay, here's the shit. 
<laughs> that matters. And like the whole thing takes place on a big water level. So in order to get around, like uh, Plessy shows up from 3D World. Oh wow! And it's just like, hey, just like super super fast travel. Let's go. Like one thing that, yeah, let's let's fucking go. And the other thing that's really fun is that you can just jump up onto land and start crashing into stuff. Yes. And it doesn't in 3D World. It automatically kicks you off, and this it doesn't. So you can just fucking slam into trees and stuff. That sounds just, pretty satisfying. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things. Like, it, she'll just break blocks or, or like clear out trees, and you nice. just do whatever. You're pretty much invincible. <laughs> but then, like one of the, one of the levels, this is probably my least favorite one. It's just a big arena, and the first time you go in, Boom Boom is in there, mm-hmm. and the second time you go in. Uh, the female Boom Boom is in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And the third time you go in, the third time you go in, it's Boom Boom, but there's spikes on the ground now. Oh. And I'm just like, okay. Okay. You're okay. Kinda... Like, yeah. <laughs> Some very linear progressions here. Yeah. But, like, there's something that I just really like about 3D Mario, <laughs> where just the change in camera oh. and just being a little bit closer to the action does just. It makes this feel different, even though it's still kind of essentially like what it's the you've same. Been playing. Yeah, you've been playing yeah. it already, but now you're having this different experience and perspective with it. Yeah, just the different perspective and just the different, like, not being kind of on a grid like 3D World is. Right. Like, having that more freeform. I like, one thing I thought was funny is that there's a ice skate. One of the levels is focused on an ice skate, and I'm just like, wow, you're using the ice skate more than 3D World actually did. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like that and Plessy are just like wow these are mechanics from the original game that kind of never got super fleshed out and you're using them really well here mm-hmm. and like not all the levels are misses I think like half a good half of them are really good mm-hmm. like there's one that uses those uh like those platforms with arrows the t- left and right like there's some good stuff with them as well there's one with like invisible the whole level's like invisible and you just have to kind of feel around it to, oh nice make the platform appear. Uh, so, so there's, that's kind of the stuff they could reuse in the future and kind of refine. And then there's the unique stuff of this, which is that Bowser's mad. Yeah. It's right there in the title. I'm understanding right that the name. he's having right there fury. The he's having some fury. So the other wrinkle of this, that something I don't think they'll probably repeat is that like you're on a timer and mm-hmm. Bowser just shows up every couple minutes and, and starts fucking firing lasers at you. That's fun. Yeah, it's fun. And it's like, boy, the, ta- the there's a few port- parts towards the end where the frame rate will just fucking oh, tank. no. Because, These games like, if you, feel really optimized for the most part. That's unfortunate. It's weird. It didn't bug me a whole lot. It's just like if you're kind of in the third area, high up, overlooking the entire world map and Bowser and he shoots a laser at you, frame rate gets a little dicey oh like it's no. not it's not game breaking it's no. kind of funny how much it chugs right because it's just like okay like that's probably why this is like a water area so that you have to render as little land as yeah. possible yeah <laughs> so the other thing of that is that as you unlock these shines you unlock like these these cat shrines that have a gigantic bell <laughs> So then, once you, <laughs> once you get that, you unlock Super Saiyan Mario. Oh my god. And the hilarious thing about this is that when you're fighting Bowser as Super Saiyan Mario, you're doing it in the same world map, 
so that you're just you're just jumping on the same levels as yeah! the main game. <laughs> Except you're like ten times as big now, so they're just like it's like probably their best implementation of like big world basically. Yeah. Like just having that whole Cute. area below you as the battlefield is very funny. That's pretty cool. So then, so, you know, you fight him a couple times. It's like, okay, get 50 shines now. And then when you beat it, there's a thing at the end that is extremely cool. Neat. So they really oh, they man. really go kind of all out with the whole I kaiju. I wish they just sold this on their own for 20 bucks. Like, seriously. Just be like, hey, 3D mm-hmm. World for 40, Bowser's Fury for 20 digitally. Mm-hmm. And if you buy the physical, you just get both for 60. Like, they should have done that. Like, it's unfair for Wii U people to have to buy the entire game again. Yeah, it sucks. But, I mean, that's Nintendo. Nintendo. That's Nintendo these days. Like, I think this is a... I can also just not play it. That's another point. You know what? A fair point. A fair point, John! Yeah. (laughs) No, it's it's definitely unfair, because it's it's a pretty big value add, I think, for new people. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you made this just big enough for people to want to rebuy the entire thing, and that's kind of evil. Yeah. But I I also kind of think Nintendo probably statistically doesn't give a shit about Wii U owners. Oh, not at all. No. Because there weren't any. No, there were there were a precious few of them. So yeah, Bowser's Fury is pretty fun, even though, again, I had issues with it, but I'm curious what they take from this into the next yeah. kind of mainline game. Yeah. Because the idea... Just the whole implementation of just like, hey, all these levels just kind of exist in the same space is really That's a great idea. Like, you, yeah. you, you can create a, a, a very marvelous sense of place like that. Yeah. Uh, you can create a world that feels like a world. Like, you know, we, we kind of yeah. talk about the, the city in East, Eight, or East 9 kind of being boring. But the fact that mm-hmm. there are no load zones and the fact that it is this one big thing kind of helps make it mm-hmm. feel... Like, despite the fact that it's kind of boring, it still feels like a place, at least. Oh, definitely. Like, setting is, like, a huge thing in that game, even though it's kind of a dull setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas my main issue with 3D World, the main game, is that it just feels like a bunch of incidental levels. Yeah, that, and that's... That they're still good levels. It's still fun. Yeah. But it's not... Like, having that mm-hmm. extra bit of theming would have really helped yeah. that game. The funniest thing Absolutely. to me is that... That's my one number of... one crit, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing that was really funny to me is that there's a toad house in like the last world. Mm-hmm. So it's like big lava themed map. <laughs> and, you, and then you go to the toad ho- house and it's tinted red and you can hear fire outside. And I'm just like, wait, uh, you cared about the theming on this. What? But then you go to the. Wow. Yeah, you cared about the theming on this, but then you go to the next level and it's like a water level. Oh, come on. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> like they get so close at times. But they just didn't give a shit about making anything besides fun levels. Which, I mean, hey, fine. But just, man, that one little extra bit of polish would have helped. Yeah. It would have pushed this game into something just yeah. a little more than what it is. Yeah. Because I think maybe that's what's so smart about Super Mario World is that by doing them all in paintings. And that's 64. 64. Is like by doing the painting thing, like you never feel like, oh, these are totally disconnected levels. Yeah. Like they have that conceit to make it all feel cohesive. Yeah. So that's my Mario part. Nice. That, and that, that, that needs to be pretty much all I've been up to. This game. 
So I've been excited for y'all to get to these get this game for so long now because it's so fucking good. Yeah, like yeah. this is a game. Like I loved that original 3DS game. Like I loved that game a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I blazed through. I did everything in that fucking game. It's a fantastic game. So so like yeah. when the Wii U game came out, this was like, wow, I'm never gonna play this. <laughs> yeah, I played it at <laughs> friends' places before. Uh, I borrowed a Wii U at one point and played like three or four worlds of it. But um, yeah, I was just like hard to get into it. Like when it's just like I've yeah. got to I've got to take this system back to my friend in a few weeks and well. Yeah, I kind of want to, like, marinate in these games a little more than I want, you know, rather than trying to, you know, mm. blast through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now that it's just like, okay, I can enjoy this at my own leisure. I'm not going to, like, like, I'm going to be playing this game, but I'm not going to, like, barrel down on it the way that I did, like, East Nine or anything like that. I'm just going to, you know, play a few worlds, you know, put it down a little bit, enjoy it, you know, just kind of save it. Because I know that, like, this is a gameplay, like, that I'm here for. Uh, yeah. I already love how it feels, so, you know. Let, let, let's savor it a little bit. That's funny because Ease was the game I savored, and this was the one I blasted That's through. Fu- yeah, it's funny. <laughs> like I would play like half a chapter of Ease every weekday, and on the weekend I did like four worlds of this on the first day. Just like, <laughs> okay, okay, you might want to chill out. You're, you're gonna beat this in like two days. Two days. Yeah. And then I, and then last night I just you know blasted Blast, the rest of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, cool. Cool. So we're back to me, I guess. Cool. I'm glad to... Yeah. Cool. Um, I, I played more video games. You did? Yeah, they were themed. I played two video Gosh. games. I played two video games, and they had a roughly similar theme. I, play, I played some hacking video games. Hmm. Those are fun, right? You, you guys you know what hacking is, right? Oh, of course you don't. You sound like computer plebs to me. <laughs> Wouldn't understand my black hat really... culture. I was really excited watching this journey. I was like, "Oh, this is cool!" Oh, so, there's the, there a game that came out like like a long, 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 long time ago for the wind and for the snow, um, <laughs> uh, called Uplink. On uh, and, and this was a game that I had um, I I found out about it through a friend who they sent me a copy of it, and um, basically it's kind of just like this hacking kind of roguelike kind of thing where you it's very immersed in kind of the setting that it's trying to put you up like you're like a you're, you're a hacker you're breaking into systems you're changing data you're fucking around with academic records things like things of that nature and um it has this cool like yeah, progression to it where you get money for your hacks and you put money in you put that money into building up your 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 rig like you get more cpu power you get more ram and then you just upgrade to a totally new unit and that gives you more space to expand so the hacks keep getting bigger and bigger and more nuanced and you have to like keep keep buying new apps and things to kind of like keep up with it so and, and this is a game that I enjoyed a lot, but because it was released, I think, in originally 2001, some things about it are a little esoteric. Like, how would you think that you, you like, if you, if you were going to play a video game and, and inside that video game you had to delete a file, how would you delete a file in the video game world? Like, if you were using your standard keyboard and mouse controls, how are you going to delete a file? Like just, the just delete, delete. Right, right. Maybe right click a file and select delete from a context menu. Maybe something like that. So in Uplink, okay. you've got to you you've got to open separate file copier, a file deleter, <laughs> a file downloader, 
Log deleters. Like, you've got to do all of this stuff painstakingly. Um, just kind of like, you, like you get into a system and it's just like, okay, I need to copy a file, so I need to open my file copier, click on the, <laughs> click on the file copier, drag the file copier over to the file that I want to copy, let it run its course, and then drag that over to my memory bank. Um, so that stuff feels a little new, a, a, a little... It's maybe gamey for the sake of being gamey, because obviously I don't think that they couldn't have added a context menu mm. back then. I think that they're just trying to create a very specific type of gameplay experience for what Uplink was trying to do at the time. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. but, to my, uh, uh, but, 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 beyond my knowledge, and, and, and when I like, because uh, I, I just repurchased the game again because of the, 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 the sale that they just did because it was like two bucks or something. I was like, hey, I need another copy of that. So I started playing it and was just like, yeah, this really does feel a little rough. Still having a good time, but it still feels rough. Has anybody done anything to this game over the years? To like, you know, like maybe, but like, because the fonts are really small. Maybe there's like some new themes out that I can look at that can make this a little more readable, maybe a little more playable. Somebody did a complete fucking overhaul um, mm. of this game. Uh, it's a complete HD overhaul. Uh, they, 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 they've redone all of the fonts, all of the system graphics. Uh, the entire look of the game is vastly different. I did a video on it. Uh, I did a, a peep show on uh, Uplink OS, which is the name of the uh, uh, mod that I played. And uh, along with just making everything more readable, making things more accessible, giving you keyboard shortcuts for some things to access your apps and stuff, and uh, giving you... Um, a better visual on how certain networks and stuff are laid out in game. They also added just real basic functionality like, hey, it makes sense that I can right click and select delete to delete log files and to delete files or to right click and copy something to a memory bank yeah. without having to drag files all over the screen with all of these extra fucking clicks and commands. Um, I think there's something to be said for that original format because I think that there is a very interesting something that they were going for there with that gameplay loop um, and, and how you interfaced with all of the hacking and everything and, and, and why they made it so arduous. But I think that Uplink OS makes all of that just much more palatable in 2021. So I got to play through this game that I liked a whole lot, but it was a little harder to recommend because so many parts of it are esoteric and maybe just really inconvenient for people to fart around with i could see how somebody would just get really annoyed trying to play around with that original game and how and how it controls so like if i say like hey like here's this five dollar game you can go play also here's this cool front end you can throw on it and make it look really cool uh and it makes things way easier to navigate um uh it feels like they kind of balanced the game around um, like maybe they sped up some of the traces that get put on you when you break into a system since you can do things a little faster now it feels like maybe some of those traces are a little bit faster now to kind of compensate for you being able to do things a little quicker so it feels like they made some smart mm -hmm. uh, gameplay decisions but didn't really touch the core game too much other than making it look and feel so much more palatable now like when you go and look at that the video that I did, you look at, like, that original game, it looks really rough now, but when you look at the second half of that video, everything's just so much more slick. Like, things kind of unfold and, sen like, everything is in a sensible place, and it's just kind of... 
um, just makes it way more easier to play uh, now. So getting to play that game again um, was just really rad with this new coat of paint and with new eyes and it just being like, oh, I, I, it doesn't have to be as arduous as I remember it being. Um, and it, it hit just as much as uh, it did the first time. Like, I really enjoyed you know, getting into these little puzzle box hacks and kind of like, okay, how do I have to bring down this land, this entire land system? Um, <laughs> and, 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 and like they get really complicated and it, you start to get sweaty. you like, it makes you sweat because this is a game where you fuck up and don't cover your tracks. You're going to get caught. You get disavowed and your file gets retired. Like it's done. So wait, is it permadeath? Yes. It's permadeath. Oh, like wow. if you get disavowed, it's over. <laughs> Huh. Um, I, I think that um, like like like, like there's a storyline here. Like the game does eventually like break from you just you know doing all of these random hacks for people and just like you know coming in. Like you eventually break into a branching storyline where there are like two separate paths you can take. It's basically good hacker, bad hacker, um, and they're both good. Is um, so whichever one you end up on, like don't worry about it too much. Just play it out. Um, um, the only thing I wish is that, like, they got to that a little sooner because it takes, like, a month of in-game time for you to get to that point. Uh, and, and they're doing that basically because they mm. want you to have time to do all of these hacks and get your money up and build your rig. But if you know the game, like, it's easy to just sit, like, I play this game, I sit down and I just take, like, I take, like, 15 jobs and bang them all out in 20 minutes. Um, and then, you know, you collect your big fat rewards at the end and then go back and cover your tracks up and stuff. Um, yeah, like, um, it's just a, a simula, like, you know, like a facsimile of what hacking could be in some alternate universe. And it's, it's a really cool, it, it gives you that, it gives you the right feeling. Like you get that cool, I did it feeling when you figure shit out or I'm in when you crack particularly hard systems and bring them down. Like, it feels real good to crash. Nope. It feels real good to log into big business systems and just crash them for the fucking fun of it. <laughs> um, and, 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 and again, just the fact that it's just like, oh, I can play this old game that I liked for a long time and I can easily recommend it now to other people because it's so much easier to approach thanks to Uplink OS. Um, but yeah, like, I'll probably be sending that game out as, you know gifts here and there to people i think that might like it you know come birthdays or christmas now that now that there's an easier way to kind of interface with it and um you know somebody people i know that might enjoy that kind of thing so yeah like that that, that game's rad to kind of like cool yeah to like take something that's really old and and, and make yeah. it fresh and spiffy and new again in a way that i was not expecting that just completely fucking lit me up in a way that i was not expecting it just felt real good to be playing that game again and, and and experiencing it an entirely new and fresh set of eyes so yeah i see you john yeah. completely rules chronomaniac added <laughs> <their edge list. laughs> nice nice i might have another one for you to add so go ahead and keep your wish list open john um yeah, absolutely i played another hacking game it's called hacknet i think i know Yep. Yeah, this one's called Hacknet. It's uh, another hacking game. This one's focused a lot more on story from the jump, though. There's no, like, roguelike systems mm -hmm. in this game. There's no, like, computer-building aspects. Like, you just take on hacking jobs and go. Uh, there is a game over state where you have to, like, 
you have to kind of rescue yourself from a game over state. Uh, but I don't think that the game over state is permanent, even if you fail to rescue yourself. Um, but it's just kind of like there's a fail safe thing. You counter hack your ISP and do some fun stuff there if you get caught. <laughs> nice. um, it's a real cool. Uh, it's a real cool setup. Um, so like, let me know if you've heard this setup before. So you get an email from someone, and they're dead. <gasps> oh shit yeah so that's kind of like the initial premise you get is somebody sends you an email and a program and they're like look i'm dead and i need somebody out there to fucking <laughs> take care of this for me and you're the lucky person that got it <laughs> um and um so i, I guess um but like, like the 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 big difference uh between this and uplink is that Hacknet really forces you from the get-go uh, to get familiar with terminal commands rather than just, like like Ooh. Uplink is all UI stuff and there's like uh like you can go to like you do get, have access to console but all you ever have to do in um but all you ever have to do in Uplink is just change directory delete change directory delete change directory delete do that three times on any system and you'll crash it in Uplink. Um, whereas in Hacknet, um, they're, 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 it, it's going to take you through some real basic Unix commands, um, that you'll want to commit to memory and you can still use point and click mm -hmm. UI for some things like, like navigating through file systems. Like that's, I see no point in navigating through file systems with, with, uh, the command prompt, unless you just kind of want to be slow and arduous about it for a reason, you know, but they, they give you that, mm -hmm. they give you access to just kind of click through folders and files at your leisure. Um, um, but, uh, and um, as far as like using the command prompt, there's a very generous tab to complete. So like if you just type like the first few letters of something and press tab, you like, it'll pop up the command that you want to use and you can just space after that and enter whatever argument it wants. Um, and so, so like it can seem real intimidating at first, but I promise you after like the first half hour, you'll immediately know like what you're doing on any system once you're in it. Um, and uh, the hacks in Hacknet, like in Uplink, all of the hacks from for the most part, except like the major story beats, they're all randomly generated. Uh, whereas um, the, the hacks in Hacknet are more based around uh, investigating uh, and like they're puzzle boxy, like you're forensically kind of going through file systems to try and like trace logs, look for a file, open a file's file header and decrypt it and see like what other IPs that might have passed through to get to where it's at right now. Um, and, and, and that stuff is very engaging and satisfying. And you kind of really feel like you're doing something cool, even though it's presented in this very video gamey way. Um, the, 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 the command prompt stuff and the way that everything is kind of laid out, it feels just convincing enough that you really feel like you're doing like some like fun, dumb shit, um, in, in computer hacking world. Um, there's also like, um, uh, uh, shit to kind of like set the mood, a lot of fun, dumb jokes that kind of place this game at a certain point in time. Like, I don't know if anyone here at all remembers a website called bash.org. Which is basically oh, yeah. just a—it's basically just a repository of IRC logs, 
and just dumb, like the dumbest shit you can imagine. And, and it's like it would just get paste. It's basically a paste bin, but for complete idiocy. Uh, there's a lot of Excellent. really fun shit that they've like they've pulled from bash.org and just like they use it here and it just credits it as you know archived from bash.org um, and just fun things like that to read through like reading through people's personal files and stuff it's just it's some real interesting shit like I got into like for what like if 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 if, if a system had a website I would just fuck with it for no reason just because I could. <laughs> Like, even though there's no point in doing that ever, like, there's no point to me to go to the, 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 mm-hmm. the KFC chicken analog in this game and ch- ch- say that all their chicken comes from your butt, but I did it. <laughs> and, like, the, and like, and like, you can't just do this by opening a text file and then just, like, you know, using the UI to, like, go in and edit. You've got to actually use a lot of command prompts to do this. So I, I did this. And I put way too much effort into something that never fucking mattered, but it made me laugh and gave me a giggle. So I just always defaced everybody's yes. website. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I just always had a lot of fun uh, doing shit like that. Um, but, like, it's just a game where you're getting in there, you're, you're thinking your way through these really... Um, sometimes really tricky problems you're using the info and tools that you have at your disposal to solve these little five to 20 minute missions and like it has for a game that is like just you know like i'm clicking in a ui and entering some command windows it has some incredible set pieces that like like this game is it blew me away like i'll just say that there there's a skill check at a certain point in this game that had me howling with how clever it was um, and that the finale, <laughs> the finale of this game literally had my heart pounding while I was just trying to concentrate on entering console commands as quickly and accurately as I could so I didn't fuck up the final hack. <laughs> and, and, and an amazingly appropriate track is playing while you're doing this. <laughs> and there's some screen effects going on at the same time. It blew me the fuck away in a way that I was not expecting. Um... And the game has a really solid uh, conclusion to the story that it presents in the beginning uh, as you dig your way through um, all of the unrelated hacks and sort of work your way towards the truth. Um, And when you get the kind of like the final catharsis of that and you find out what happened and what the person that was talking to you at the first of the game was trying to do and what they were into and how they got in maybe a little over their head. And like, it's just really well put together um just so, so, like even if hacking stuff isn't your thing and maybe if you bounced off of the more gamey nature of uplink i think hacknet might be more up your alley mm-hmm. because it's more forgiving it's more focused on that thinking your way out of the situations or thinking your way through situations to get to the next logical step um it does have active traces which are basically like uh, it has active traces like uplink, which is an active trace is basically somebody knows you're in the system and if they catch you, game over. It does have that, but the timers in this game feel way more generous. Uh, like I know, like the only time I ever felt truly pressured was the final mission, and it makes in- entirely too much sense why the final mission would literally come yeah. down to the wire. Um, so. Like, two great games that have great premises um, that are based on hacking, like Uplink, kind of more of mechanically sound, mechanically driven, 
very gamey. Still got a good story, but if you want something a little more, um, uh, if you want something, I feel maybe even a little more authentic to the experience, uh, and something that's going to kind of get you in there, and I think getting the brain going a little more, because like once you figure out how hacks work in Uplink, like okay, I know what kind of job this is, and I know how I basically have to approach it every time. You kind of get into that kind of role with Uplink. But with HackNet, every every hack in the game is crafted, so you're doing these unique missions every you know, like every time you take on a new mission. It's not just going to be the same thing every time, or it's not going to be something that feels like it's a copy of another mission that you already did. Uh, it's something that was crafted, and that mm. you've got to go dig through these file systems and stuff that like the person that made the game had to create and made all of all the various computers in the game that you have to go into so it's just you know like if you have to like you know, there are two different two different flavors i like them both but like they're they're different enough that i could say like if you don't like one i think the other one's going to get you hmm. like like to my immediate friends cool. right here on the podcast i would say go play hacknet yeah. i think go play hack i was definitely thinking yeah the mm-hmm. story-based one is more my jam yeah like you would probably like this a lot um uh, and I, I would definitely recommend that to our immediate listening audience as well uh, over Uplink, just because I think Uplink no. can still be a little rote and a little esoteric. Maybe like like uh, since we do kind of gravitate more toward those narrative focused experiences and yeah. that feel a little more handcrafted and loved on. I think Hacknet is probably the better uh, the the one that hangs. Uh, if I'm you know recommending something to mm, yeah. the Sox community. But which did you like I think, more? I think the, I think Uplink being the cool roguelike thing with permadeath is all is very cool. It's yes, just like yeah. here is the very high stakes, like mechanically focused version of this kind of story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's neat. Yeah, I, I think it's cool that there's two, um, different games that approach things so differently, for just like serving different needs. Yeah, and if and 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 if you want a tip for Uplink, all you gotta do is make your first bounce internic. You'll know what that is once you're in game, but make your first bounce internic so you always have access to that computer's logs. You'll never get caught if you clear out that system's logs. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> Hacker tips. There you go. You, that's what, you, that's what everybody tips. comes to the SoxCast for, is big old legitimate hacker tips. We got you. We got you covered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is just going to... Yep. Segue into Polly next week. Oh, I, actually, I'm doing a little uh, work on the side. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, two great games. Had a good time with them. Um, cool. Hopefully somebody awesome. out there will as well. Hey, John, I know that you said that you, you were done, but we still got a bit of time here. Uh, you want, you got anything else you want to talk about before we bounce out of here? Or, or, or are we looking to just go ahead and close things out? Um, sure. Um, I... Like I said, um, I finished E7, mm-hmm. um, and I thought the ending was just fucking stellar. Like, oh, yeah. just really brought it home in a way that I wanted. Um, the the There's a specific way they resolve um, the main emotional core of the story mm-hmm. that had a lot more teeth than I expected, even though it's something that Falcom does all the time, but it just, the way they wrapped it up was just mm. yeah. gutted me in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Final boss is dope as hell. God final damn, boss. the final boss is so good. I think it makes sense because that was the first party-based game where they're just like, hey, 
everybody's here. Everybody's here. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And then having the very top be just adult, uh, adult fighting. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, it's <laughs> so dope. <laughs> it's so metal. Oh, my God. Um, and then the ending's just perfect. So I'm like, oh, yeah. hey, this is a pretty... There's a lot about this game that's kind of rote, but I think that yeah. they really stuck it where they where it counts. Yeah. Um, so I, I came. I, I feel like that's a good good ass game, and I'm glad I played it. Um, like I said, I'm playing a ton of Amori. Um, I think Red's actually a little ahead of me now. But this is probably yeah. one we're all going to be talking about in a couple weeks, I think, because I'm probably starting this up very soon myself. Um, cool. I am not going to give like any specifics. Yeah. Um, yeah. This isn't Zeno Gears. This this is. This is <laughs> This matters. Um. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's brand new. This game came out on like Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Everybody missed it for a month. Yeah, uh, I was just so so. I, I literally got gifted that by Lewis. Yeah, Lu- Luis has kind of um, been the champion of uh, this game. Like he's he's sent this game to like fifty thousand people. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> Uh, when somebody uh, is that ecstatic about a video game, um, you kind of have to sit up and take notice. And it's just like, yeah, like yeah. this already kind of yeah. looked like a jam to me. Um, so, um, yeah, like it already looked like a jam to me. So I was going to play it at some point anyway. But uh, thanks to Luis, uh, I mm-hmm. have that opportunity now. So hopefully, like with the, you know, if 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 not this cycle, it'll be the next cycle. It just kind of depends on where I'm at on big RPGs right now. Because uh, yeah. you know, just finished East Nine, got through Ryza. So you know, I might want to do something a little lighter before I go in. But we'll see, we'll mm-hmm. see. But I know that this game is going to be definitely one we're going to be talking about at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I woke up Sunday morning two weeks ago and was like, I actually feel pretty good after being really stressed out a bunch, and I feel, I I actually feel like I could start a game. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could, I would, I would enjoy starting a game. Um, after I'd been like, I can't play E's Nine, I can't play anything. I'm just suffering. Um, life is nothing but that. <laughs> um, and then Sunday morning, I was like, I know, I, I well, I, and then I watched the trailer for Amori. And I was like, oh, oh, it's one of these, huh? Mm. Oh, it's, it's an Earthbound. It's an Earthbound. It's Every it's a, indie it's game a, is the Dark Souls or an Earthbound, and this is an Earthbound. <laughs> it's an Earthbound. I like those. I remember Undertale. I like those. I like my mother's. It's a Yumi Nikki mother the RPG maker thing. Um, And I was like, and I suddenly realized that like 10 friends had played a bunch of it and several mm-hmm. of them had finished it mm-hmm. and it had like 6,000 overwhelmingly positive reviews. And I was like, what Jeez. the fuck happened? Yeah. Like when, this okay, kind of like this just appeared this. Yeah. Like I knew when this game came out because I knew the graphics, like I had seen this game mm-hmm. around, but I had not heard mm-hmm. anybody talk about it. And then suddenly over the course of, I feel what was like a week. It was yeah. when I, it was when Luis started talking about it. I was just like, Mm-hmm. literally 20 people on my timeline playing and finishing this secret game that they had and weren't telling anybody <laughs> secret game <laughs> secret game and it's like undertale where the creator is actually like a very large media figure in right a sense where like toby had all of those ex-homestuck connections yeah um omocat mm-hmm. has a fucking fashion line in san francisco oh wow with a pretty big internet presence um so it's not out. Of, it's not one of those out of nowhere things, but it is like a 
It's out of nowhere in a sense that I had no fucking idea what it was, and suddenly everybody knows what it is. Like, I knew when Undertale came out. That was the talk of the day when that game came out. Omori came out, and I, I saw it, and I thought nothing of it. And then, all of a sudden, there was this week that was just like, 50 people you know have been playing this secret video game. <laughs> Do you know the gif of the of the lady who with the with the big hair who's like looking at the thing at the at the screen and she's just like mm, okay and clicks yeah yes. yeah it's like mm, okay I was like that where I was like Sunday morning like I want I have the whole day to myself I want to play a video game I could start Ease Nine or or I could play the mother thing <laughs> I was just like and then I started it and then I played it for seven hours. That's good. That's like basically. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty good start. And then I put it back down because I finished the and then I finished Xeno Gears. Yeah, yeah. Because I like played Xeno Gears at lunch the next day, and I was like, oh fuck yeah. Oh right, this is really good too. And then, I, then I played the rest, and it was also um, and now I'm back on that kick. Mm. Um, and I think the one thing I want to say because I, I got. Rhett complaining, and I was like, yeah, I kind of expected a little bit of that. This is not Undertale pacing, where it's like four hours, Undertale one-shot pacing, where it is like four hours of punchy, punching. No, this is a 30-hour game. Yeah, this is a JRPG. This is a 20- to 30-hour. Yeah. That that's JRPG. why I'm I'm giving myself a couple days to see, like, is this what I want to be right now after having just done Ryza and East Nine? Or do we want to do something a little lighter, just to kind of palate cleanse? Mm-hmm. Um, and my overwhelming takeaway from it so far, I'm about 30, 13 hours in, um, is that it is, just feels unbelievably skillful and mm. intentionally crafted. Mm. Um, I, I'm feeling very good, feeling very optimistic about how it's going, about the quality of its resolutions, nice. about how it's going to wind down. Um, it's just it's also just very pretty, very pretty and snappy. Oh god, yeah, the oh, fucking boy. the visuals in this game they make me happy. Mm-hmm. And it seems to have some meat and teeth to it, which is what all I, which is all I, it, which is what I want in addition to this. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, I I would definitely go into this expecting something more like Mother Three than something like Undertale. Yeah. Because that those are I this this kind of snapped into focus like how different Undertale is from Mother, because this is a lot more like Mother. Yeah. Um, and I like Mother a lot, so that's really cool. Um, so yeah, I think I think this is a good time, and I'm really excited to finish it. Fantastic. Um, there's it one is... more segment. Go ahead, Rhett. I'm having this moment of right now of realizing, oh, right, you can just play Undertale like a JRPG and fight enemies. Yeah, you could do that. You can, but like for me, the majority of that game is like actually weird pseudo shmup where yeah, you're dodging stuff. Where you're dodging things. So it's, yeah, it's a very different thing than than that. Yeah. Where it's just hey, you're picking commands from a menu yeah. to fight enemies. <laughs> um, do you have any thoughts with the about? I know you played a chunk of it. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually probably further than you. I just looked at your achievements. It was like, oh, I missed some stuff, huh? So there's, there's a lot of variety in like kind of side stuff hidden up off the main course, but yeah. yeah, I like it so far. I'm kind of seeing how it lands for sure. 
Yep. Um, that that's one big thing you get that you don't get in Undertale is massive, lovingly crafted maps full of little weird shit. Yeah, because <laughs> like, yeah. Undertale yeah. is way more of a VN basically. Yeah, this is for sure. This is Map City. Yeah, Undertale right. is just like here's the straight, here's the adventure path. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, I have one other thing I think could be fun, and it's a spinoff of my RTP of my oh god RTP not gallery segment because I got I went through the. Zeno Gears OST. Oh, jeez. Looked up some. You looked up some YouTube comments. Uh oh. Uh oh. And some of them are goofy. Uh-huh. Some of them are just beautifully sincere. And I want to share some. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, under distant promise, um, this was under multiple ones. It just quotes Sitan's whole line of music is a mysterious thing. Sometimes it makes people remember things they do not expect. Many thoughts, feelings, memories, things almost forgotten, regardless of whether the listener desires to remember or not. Um, very sincere post for very, RPG soundtracks. Very. Um, Ancient Dance of Ave. Um, I love this one. This one goes by. This one is nice. I love this one so much. You don't hear very much music in video games that sound quite like this, even today. This game is old, Zinger Scare quotes. But it keeps my heart young, or so I'd like to think anyway. The upbeat tempo and all the instruments, period. Perfect happy festival song, period. Perfect city song for Ave, period. This one just makes me so happy. Aww. That's really nice. The Thames, because, and then 15 line breaks, we are men! The sea! <laughs> um. The story of Kim and Emerelda, one of the most forgotten and heartbreaking stories of Xenogears. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, someone posted under infiltration, underneath the rotting fascist anti-gravitational god-reviving base. <laughs> and then, uh, it's like, yep, accurate. And yep. then underneath that, someone replied, is it fascist? Communist? Question mark? Oh, is no! Is difference? Oh, no! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> and then this one, which is just fucking, oh. This one is nice. The song is called Intangible Treasure, and someone wrote, The Intangible Treasure is Xenogears itself. You're not wrong! You're not wrong. This one, no fucking clue. That's what the devil said, period. The apple must not have been cleaned with any pesticides and with thus full of bacteria, which when eaten <laughs> curse the body, what the, the humans with body decaying bacteria and germs. It's been a parasitic relationship ever since. I don't think this is a Xenogears quote. I think this is just someone with their weird... I think someone... Rant. I think someone's having a rant or a choony moment. Uh-huh. Someone's tuning out now, in the comments. The best one. No, the best one, of course. Um... Such a peaceful song. I have no clue what this game is about, though. And then three comments replying. It's better to experience it than to be told about it. Go check out Xenogears on PS1. <laughs> and then someone says, it's about a planetary invasion weapon system, utilizing, achieving sentience and opening a space-time portal to a higher dimension than trapping a being from there in its systems and attempting to go rampant, taking over the colony ship in which it's contained. The captain presses the self-destruct button and the wreckage causes crashes into the alien planet below. 10,000 years later, the game happens. In other words, you really, really need to play it. <laughs> and then the masterpiece. <laughs> the best one. Bro, comma. You should play this game. It's the best history in a game ever it's made. The best the soundtrack is glorious. 
This game is the best history in a game ever made, and the soundtrack is glorious, comma, the game called Xenogears. The game called Xenogears! <laughs> <laughs> YouTube comments are a trip and a half. Tune in the comments. The soundtrack is glorious. The game called Xenogears won better be in. Yep. Yeah. I found it. The game, indeed, called Xenogears. <sighs> That's it. I'm not going to go into it. I'm not going to be in the in the Xeno haze any longer. All right. All right. We'll, we'll save that for when you get into Xenosaga. We won't be able to talk about Xenosaga soundtrack oh, much because there's like three songs. Because <laughs> there isn't one. Sinosaka has got no soundtrack. They were going on. They were they were going for something in that game, and it didn't quite land. Oh, presentation wise. I thought it had yeah, the right. Yuki Kaijura soundtrack. No, that's two and three. That's two and three. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, episode one. You have these fucking dungeons and areas you're in, and there's just no music at all. It's just you hear the hum of engines and like <laughs> space sounds. Oh no! There is one battle theme. There's one battle theme used for the entire game. <laughs> If it ever gets remastered, I'll just put on the Monica soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, composed by Yasunori well, Mitsuda on his day off. <laughs> <laughs> There's good cutscene music in Xenosaga Episode 1, but you don't, <laughs> despite the fact that that game is 90% cutscenes, you don't hear it a lot. I love Xenosaga, I swear. I love those games, I swear. I'm excited to make money on that bet, because that friend was like, you're not going to like this game. Was it you Was it, Was it? it Thomas the Jetstorm 4 that made that bet? No, Tom Tom made the exact opposite thing. He was like, oh man, John just made money. Okay, okay. I was like... Okay. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too, because it's like, oh cool, somebody else will, I can talk about Xenosaga with, finally. After tw Aww. after tw after almost twenty years, <laughs> the the Titanic screen cap. It's been seventy years. <laughs> that's when the game. Will, that's how long the remaster. That's is gonna when take. the remaster is gonna finally hit. <laughs> that's funny. I'll be able to give one final thumbs up on my deathbed as they're announcing it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Good video games. Good video games. Good video games. Alright, are we good? Life is good. Are we happy with this? Are we yep. are we good? Are we happy with the mark that we've left on the world with this episode of the SoxCast? I feel like I the world so. is a concretely better place because we talked about video games for three I think, hours. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> we, we, gave, we gave Zeno yeah. Gears that shine that it never gets. We, we, we did we did a, we did a good job here today. There was good work done. <laughs> I had good work done. I don't. I feel like I see a lot more nerds my age um, standing FF8 and Chrono Cross. Mm. I feel like uh, Xenogears. There, there's something that I've lost along the way. Yeah, I just don't understand FF8 lovers. I'm sorry. I don't get it. I just don't. <laughs> Somebody tells me that is a great I love like story. Sport. I literally want to spit in their eye. 
I I don't get it. I like it. Squall. I don't I don't feel a thing for Renoa. If I if I liked Renoa, then I would be completely on board. But I just I only care about Squall's journey. She and that's just feels like a big nothing characters. to me. She's such a void. Yeah. She is she is where good she is where good characterization goes to die. <laughs> it's like that difference where I was like, hey, we got Ellie who actually feels like maybe that written like. That that difference yeah. of like does the character feel to be just yeah. man's idea of girlfriend or Ooh. actual yeah. person? Yeah. Sorry, Renoa. Gonna, gonna be interesting. Your dog yeah. thing is. I, I like shooting your dog. That's fun. <laughs> Sorry, shooting your dog. Not okay. Not, shooting, not killing your dog. How she up. fires. How she fires her dog like a missile. Yes, that is exactly what John Thayer meant when he said that he loves the part where he gets to shoot the dog. <laughs> of course of course how else how else wrap it up wrap it up get out of here before john tries to torpedo this shit anymore all right folks thanks for coming out thanks for listening we of course always appreciate it uh john dyer before we do before we press that stop recording button tell the fine internet folks at home where they can find you faraway.times.itch.io and oh rat. i did a really nice stream nope. with no no, no 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 i did a really nice stream with um raven oh um, yes the facets stream mm-hmm. raven streamed my game facets and then we afterwards we talked for like two hours about about the game and it was really really nice Aww. it made me feel really warm and good i also did a stream with the it's developer awesome. of the cherry orchard uh which is a fun nice, visual, yes. visual novel retelling of a very old play. It's very well done. She she had a lot of great things to say about it. Some of it hit way harder than I thought it would. Mm. Uh, she literally made Aww. this game thinking she was dying. So she thought oh. that this was her last thing on Earth that she was going to be able to do. She got COVID last year and then had a heart attack. Thought she was going to literally Holy fucking die. Fuck. That's why she made this game. Uh, so that was one of those good stories to come out of that stream we did. Uh, that's on my YouTube channel, uh, uh, Poly yep. S and PS, if you want to see that. Um, or you can just go play the game yourself, because it's actually really good. It's a really good retelling. I like it. Rhett! I got that one on my high priority list. Where God, it's weird trying to make a joke after that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find me. I would say, watch Symphogear. It's a substitute for playing Xenogears. Oh, man. <laughs> Man, I can't even say you're wrong because they literally end the same way. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shit. And you can find... Wild Arms Dev, my time to shine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Finally. My answer to Xeno Gears. My answer to Xeno Gears all these years later. <laughs> Simpo Gears. Simpo Saga. We're getting Simpo Saga. Oh, God. <laughs> Hey, if they're in space now, I'm down for it. Yeah, I mean, I think that would probably be pretty cool. <laughs> in space, no one can hear you sing. <laughs> That's my favorite part! I love this series already! <laughs> you can find me, of course, at this dumb website, wherever the fuck you get this garbage. Why are you? Why do you listen to this trash? <laughs> and remember we are the podcast that loves you we are the only ones what well, john dropped already Sirens. he's just like fucking out here <laughs> <laughs>
all them sirens. Isn't that on your side? That's my end. Yeah. We're the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you. <laughs>